1: Hello, Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional cross Podcast for the week of December 31st, 2018. Happy New Year's Eve to all of you. Welcome to Dick Clark's rockin' New Year's, I don't know, whatever. Uh, this week on the show, we've got a fun Ghostbusters 2 commentary for you. You're going to be able to sync up with us and the Ghostbusters and ring in the new year with your favorite film. Here we go. So playing with toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad
0: The biggest podcast since 1909
1: So free News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters
0: Are you the key master?
1: Here are your hosts, Troy
0: Benjamin and
2: Chris Stewart You know, it's just occurred to me We really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment
0: Oh, we have
1: fun Woo! <laughs> the, the math, I mean, we're not really going to be able to sync one-to-one as much as we want to try so my thought is we we uh, we have a little tone here which is where you and I both push start and in theory that's when everybody else pushes start uh, on their both their uh, video and the audio commentary and then at give or take (laughs) you'll be hearing all things on regardless uh, right at midnight we uh, just won't be able to do the ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one countdown because we'll all be in like totally different time okay. signatures. But yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, so I think if if mm-hmm. you and I queue up to the uh, mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. first, like when the Columbia the first. Lady first starts to pop on frame, because there's that two seconds of black and then you start to see Columbia Lady, that's where you and I should pause, and and everybody else that's out there listening that's where you should start queuing stuff up here. Oh, by the way, hi, happy new year. Welcome to the CrossRip.
2: You can't say happy new year yet. Uh, Well, happy new year's Eve. Happy new year's Eve.
1: Uh, Chris and I have decided (laughs) to spend new year's Eve with all of you uh, trying to get this all sorted out so that we can all watch Ghostbusters 2 and ring in the new year at the exact same time as as the Ghostbusters do. Uh, (laughs) in In theory, in theory. We'll see if this works.
2: Um, to improve tech because I think the last time we did this I watched it on an iPad that didn't have the room to download it and in streaming <laughs> it it kind of <laughs> stuttered here and there so yeah uh,
1: no keen
2: to see how this works
1: alright well hopefully you and I will be I do remember that that you were like oh I think I'm a couple seconds behind you or uh, it was fine
2: but uh, yeah. <laughs> so
1: yeah so here's what what I want everybody to Troy, do
2: Troy's the primary track never <laughs> lose track of Troy <laughs> If you have to, go on without me. Just go on. <laughs> um, Alright, so
1: everybody, uh, get get your uh, chosen media, if you've got it streaming, if you've got it on, uh, I think Ghostbusters 2 is back on Netflix, if you want to join us there. If you've got the Blu-ray, if you've got the 4K edition, no matter what you want to do, uh, we want all of you to uh, pause the minute that you see the Columbia Pictures logo start to fade up on screen, that that first couple frames of the fade up, that's where you're going to be paused. And then what you're going to do is you're going to uh, pause that and then wait for Chris and I to say, okay, in three, two, one, and then you're going to hear a tone, that's when I want you to pause And then at exactly 10.24 p.m., 10.24 and 3 seconds p.m., we want you to hit play where you paused both on the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever you're watching and on the podcast, and then you will be synced up to us on the commentary and watching the movie and... Hopefully you will be synced up to the super accurate cross rip atomic clock that we have uh, that will count you down to uh, the stroke of midnight on New Year's and we will ring in 2019 together or you can do this next year and we can ring in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 or however long my servers keep running, you can continue to ring in the new year with the cross rip.
2: Uh, You said stroke of midnight. So now I got Clarence Clarence Carter stuck (laughs) in my head. (laughs) Uh, Stroke it to the north. (laughs) <laughs> stroking to the south easy stroke buddy. it everywhere even it with my whoa okay <laughs> i think i'm okay now okay
1: all right so is everybody paused Woo! everybody's got your uh, video stroking. ready no it's
2: still there okay okay right, y- i'm good yeah
1: all right get your videos ready <clears throat> videos ready okay so what we're going to do is in uh i'm going to count down i'm going to say three two one then you're going to hear a tone chris you and i are just going to hear a little pop uh, and, uh, that's when you will, you will pause us and come back to us at 1024 and, and so on and so forth. Okay. So here we go. Ready? Counting down three, two, one.
2: Happy new year. Oh no, it's too early. No, Sorry. No,
1: no, no. But you pushed play, didn't
2: you? Yeah, I absolutely did. Okay, good. <laughs> it All was right. on three, right? No, I'm just teasing you.
1: So. On three or on go or on one? Go. Uh, all right. So you should just now be seeing the five years later, right? later. 30 years later. Yeah. 30 years later. So, uh, hey, welcome to our Ghostbusters 2 commentary, everybody. Uh, five years later, Chris, why the hell did it take so long to make a sequel to Ghostbusters? Do you want to start there? <clears throat>
2: uh Oh, this is well known now. And now I'm concerned that we covered this last time. but We kind of did, but I was just reading that. Do you remember that Rolling
1: Stone article that came out uh, before the movie release? It was at some point in 1989. I think it was actually with the, the cast on the cover where they were yep. talking about things. And I felt like there was some new stuff in there that maybe we hadn't talked about or maybe we hadn't before? covered.
2: Well, I had basically bought in on the idea that uh, I'm not a doorman. Headline's not coming up yet. I'm just anticipating (laughs) it. Um, I just really bought in on the idea that with five principal rights holders, it was a nightmare to get everybody to line up sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, that's basically what the Rolling Stone article talked about was that maybe there were some hard feelings about residuals on the original movie. And uh, Harold Ramis has a quote, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but he says something to the effect of, we need to air some grievances before we could proceed with a, a second movie. Um, and then I guess there was uh, two studio executives. The first studio exec who was there around 1986, um, Harold Ramis said, sort of talked down about Ghostbusters. He's like, I like Ghostbusters, but let's talk about X, Y, Z or whatever the other property was. Um, and then, uh, this, this new executive came in in 1988 and she said her first order of business was I got to get a, a Ghostbuster sequel going like Columbia pictures. This is the most dire, desperate. And they were flop after flop after flop. Uh, it, it's kind of reminiscent of certain things that happened recently. Um, but they had like punchline with Sally field and, and Tom Hanks that came out that flopped and a whole bunch of other movies. So they, they needed a hit and she was like, I'm going to get ghostbusters two going. Cause I know that's going to be a hit. And then sure enough, a year later they finally got it going. And well, and Bill Murray, yeah. that's the well-known holdout. Obviously he said he didn't want to make this movie until,
2: <laughs> until he absolutely had to. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, Boy, you know, I, we could talk about this for the rest of our lives. Sh- oh, sure, we yeah. will. Um, and it's just, I mean, there's, there'll always be stuff. That you'll always be scratching your head there. That's the bottom of um, the old um, towers, wasn't that's it? The,
1: that's the World Trade Center. Yeah, you actually see yeah. that in trading uh, places as well. That's where... The two of the, them are walking, speaking of Christmas, the two of them are walking past. You see those little spires, yeah.
2: Yeah, the, the, it was the, the weird stylized Y-shape or honeycomb or whatever you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, those little, like, columns, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Movie magic, by the way, they go from New York City to downtown
1: Los Angeles there Los on one Los Angeles. Cut.
2: Yeah. Upstairs. <laughs> soon upstairs to be of gone. Firehouse 23. Well, I don't, well, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna do something to that upstairs, I would imagine. Oh yeah, I mean they're not going to rip it out or anything, but I'm assuming a chunk of this is still whatever it was the the, the police captain's. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, and when I was there in uh, 2001, all of the same furnishings and drapes and wallpaper and stuff was still up. Yeah. It was kind of trippy. Sorry, fire anyway. captain,
2: police captain, police captain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now the mum here, not that one that we're looking at right now, but the one that guided them in. Uh, yes, from Lethal Weapon. It's, lethal Weapon. She's not the... Oh, no. Dee Wallace is the mom in E.T. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to figure out where else she's been in, too. But, yeah, no, Lethal Weapon. Um,
1: uh, yeah, and she just recently passed away a few years ago, too, which was uh, very sad.
2: But, very sad, because uh, she wasn't terribly old. um Well, I mean, she would have been roughly the same age as the the guys. And, of course, Harold, Harold Ramis passed far too young, too. Yeah. um Well, not far too young. We reserve that term for people in their, what, 30s, 40s, 50s. But <sighs> yeah. still, that was... It was definitely a solid too soon, because that man had at least a, a good 20-year run left in him. Uh, we were talking about, um, oh, the why he didn't get made. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at it. had would have an agenda. Uh, and over the years, we've kind of learned more and more about what those are, like uh, Ackroyd accurate just wants more ghostbusters always right. wants more ghostbusters uh hudson wants more ghostbusters just because it's every time they do a new movie it, you know it, it cements him more and more in the franchise and it's you know it's a uh it's i mean it's solid uh uh in terms of um does he have a lot of sequels i don't think he does
1: I don't. I mean, and it was funny in your um, your recent yeah. uh, Home Shopping Network. He doesn't have a whole lot of sequels. He's got a lot no. of one offs like "Hand That Rocks the Cradle" and Congo
2: and Congo uh,
1: and not like not a lot m- sequelized. Basically,
2: the Crow had things not gone tragic on that right. one. Wait, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. This is a real, <laughs> real welcome to bummer <laughs> track
1: um let's see what happens when we take away the puppy from this commentary track um
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah the um i kind of want that painting
1: oh the one that's in with the marriage counseling uh room
2: yeah that, that would abstract be one that would be so inside baseball as a fan to acquire that painting and or have as and a people, t-shirt yeah yeah or just anything like to actually own the piece of art and people are like oh that's very nice actually it's kind of ugly and they walk away and you're like it's from ghostbusters too and only i know that <laughs> probably um, came
1: from sony props uh and is probably sitting somewhere probably in there. their warehouse yeah
2: so what i hear you saying is <laughs> next year at ghostbusters <laughs> fan fest you need to run interference uh, and a, i'm a going painting heist i'm going to the world's dumbest painting
1: heist <laughs> <laughs> You boys know that that's only worth like five ten bucks, right? Oh yeah. Oh we we do. Yes.
2: Uh, when they oh did we? I wanted to talk about it. Oh no, too bad. That last shot, uh, uh mid shot of of Dana. It always bugs me that the bank of computers in the back ha- they look like little little faces. <laughs> they got the big black eyes and like a. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Well, you, next time you watch it, and go back. You will. Uh, yeah, the faces. Uh, it's one of those things that once it pops out, it's that. It's how appropriate in the Egon part that it's part of our brain uh, wiring that we go looking for identifying faces.
1: Yeah, the, the psychological response to faces in things. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we got to read them. We got to get a sense of what's going on. Is it going to eat us? All that sort of thing. There is uh, Ivan Reitman's daughter, Catherine. Is that Catherine. right? Catherine.
1: Yeah, Catherine. And then we missed, uh, I think, I mean, we called him out in our last commentary. But Jason Reitman is the, you know, Yeah. my dad says you guys are full of crap. Very funny that he gets to deliver that line to them as well Um well, did we talk in the last commentary too? Maybe I should have listened to that other comment. Maybe it's better that I didn't.
2: I don't know. But I debated it, but my fear was if I listened to it, then it would all be stuck in my head. Yeah, then you'd be thinking and too much. And I'd just be thinking about it too much. So. Um, but
1: did we talk about the chronology here of of how things sorted out where we see this the scene between Dana and Egon uh, here where in theory later in the movie where she's talking to Janos and she says, I gotta, I've got i got an appointment. i got to go. In fact, I'm late. She was actually on her way to see Egon. They've flopped those two scenes so that we would see Egon uh, a little bit sooner here at the top of the movie. And, and I think it flows a whole lot better the way that they did it, but there's a little bit of a cheat in time there.
2: A little bit of cheat in time because her bumping into Egon later would have just been like a throwaway. Whereas this way we see what Ray and Winston are up to, and then we see what Egon's up to, which is the setup for, but how would that have worked? Be- Like, because he has the lines about, you know, then he went off the. I guess it's neutral enough that if he could have referenced it later. Um, it's funny now that I think about it, that line, uh, he was borderline for a while, borderline, yeah, then he went went across across the the border, border. yeah. And it seems like there was more conversation to be had or something, and it kind of they kind of cut around it, yeah, um. I mean, it to a
1: certain extent, it makes sense because if you're watching the movie and all of a sudden, you know, Dana just had this terrifying experience where her baby went in a, a runaway carriage and then all of a sudden she's sitting at work and she's restoring a painting and this weird guy comes up to her and you're like, well, shouldn't she be concerned? Shouldn't she be investigating what happened to her kid? That's odd. Yeah.
2: It does make more sense uh, this like way. Like,
1: in the original movie, if the eggs would have cooked themselves on the counter, and then all of a sudden you saw her at cello practice, and you're like, well, that, huh? Why are we... Okay, I guess her life returned to normal after that very abnormal event. But, uh, anyway. Uh, you you were a particular fan of this world of the psychic uh, scene, as I recall, Chris. You, yeah. Milt, Milton England is, is uh, near and dear
2: to your heart, because he takes over your Twitter account from time to time as well, doesn't he? From time to time at, yeah. at the... Uh, I'm hoping uh, that he'll take a uh, if you're hearing this um, he'll have been taken over earlier today and uh, New Year's Day tomorrow perhaps hmm. we'll see so um, if you haven't checked the Twitter accounts check check them well, check not,
1: the, don't check them now you're doing three things you're at the doing same the time thing. right
2: now just and probably listening to this on your phone so <laughs> right the one exactly. thing we didn't I know we didn't talk about last time is because I kind of professed this earlier this year was um. Peter's, uh, no, that was the first movie. I talked a lot about Peter's shirts in the first movie and I kind of think they, they've like, the first movie shirts have swung around, but they could be worn <laughs> again. So I'm going to pay attention now to, uh, to the, I to the
1: early nineties wardrobe that, uh, Peter's. Yeah.
2: Turtleneck in a sports coat. I uh, mean, that's very nice. His, his
1: trench coat. I always adored his Ladies. trench coat that he's wearing, uh, you know, later in the film. And then Dana wears it. Uh, oh, obviously. that's not how you
2: handle a cat. <laughs> Ugh. You're going to tell Bill
1: Murray how to handle a cat.
2: No, I would <laughs> like to, I mean, the grumpy old man of, of Ghostbusters is, you know, grumpy grandpa or grumpy uncle, Ivan Reitman. I don't know that you'd ever be have ever be able to have a conversation with him about it, but I, I just kind of wish I could talk to him about shooting. I get the impression that his priorities are, he's not the most meticulous director it is when it comes to comedy and stuff like that, but in terms of weird little things, like he's just... You're talking about like wardrobe
1: <coughs> choices where he's not thinking, well, in this scene you're quite melancholy, so you should be wearing a blue or a cool
2: color. Uh, well, that no. bit with the cat where the guy just kind of just didn't... Like <laughs> uh, 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 Bill Murray is just so focused on his thing and he kind of hands the cat back awkwardly and the guy can't really get a hold of it and then walks <laughs> out of it. And I think other people... I think you know there's two types of directors one director would go that takes away from the center of what's going on here which is him yeah. signing off and then the other is that's actually kind of funny. Leave it in, or we don't have the time. Just move on, sort of thing, or what have you. And Ivan Reitman's certainly not afraid to do retakes from the sounds of thing. Not tons, but uh, you know here and there. Yeah. But I just I just think I just think a, a guy trying to wrangle a hairless cat and not going well. he's that's just bonus comedy. You watch it yeah. a second time. That's for you.
1: Or maybe that was purposeful. Maybe the uh, said said yeah. intern or PA that was on set uh, or or supposed to be the PA. Obviously, he's a SAG actor because he's on. on in front of the camera, but, uh, you yeah, know, maybe that that was a purposeful thing that he and the AD talked about, like, okay,
2: Bill Murray's going to hand you this cat. Uh, you hate cats. Go <laughs> like, what do you do? Did you see the, that video that went around on social media and all that for the last couple of years really got a big spike this year about the doing what she's doing, the restoration of photos, like the cleaning they do and the results they get out of it. No, no. Like an actual sort of <coughs> process, uh, documentary type thing. It was a time lapse. I think it might have been taken from a larger documentary, but it was a time lapse of cleaning it, and it wasn't quite as slow. Like I think they've got it to a point where they can kind of, uh, not aggressive, but a bit at least a bit more aggressive than she's being, because it used to be like dab 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 sort of thing, and now yeah, be very fragile with these priceless works of art. Yeah, it's under it's undersold here that she's like because the bit she's cleaning is just. Gray sky, like it just really, but man, if you get bits with um uh, hey, it's the wall ghost from frighteners um
0: <laughs> it's uh,
2: it's really kind of astounding too it's uh there those trees, the Christmas trees with the the ceramic Christmas trees with the little lights
1: oh on on his desk there, yeah, yeah.
2: my mom had a larger one I, th- I I think one in you know five households in the seventies and eighties had one of those.
1: Uh, so here's a quick question. I don't want to derail you from what you're talking about earlier, but so the the Christmas elements in here, obviously the first movie had Christmas elements because that's when they were filming the, the movie uh, win- wintertime yeah, right before Christmas in New York city. Um, but now they're purposefully uh, incorporating Christmas and we're going to see them in their Santa hats and we're building up to new year's Eve. Uh, do you think that, do you think that they embraced that sort of feeling from the first movie? Like, well, it was kind of successful that it, it took place with this mystique of Christmas around it. Eh, let's let's incorporate that into the movie. Or is it just, uh, you know, uh, a coincidence? Is it something that just, oh, uh, we don't think that Christmas had that much to do with the first movie. Second movie absolutely is going to have the Christmas influence.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they're really they're linked there. It's fun watching this one just because they actually – have to like like put the tree on the counter put a wreath on the back door <laughs> uh it is christmas we have put the code in um the, the earlier on when she um, she's at her apartment she runs down the street there's not much christmas going on but they convince somebody to put that glowing 60s plastic santa face in the right. window like right yeah which well, again in it just in the first first scene of the movie where you, you know there's no leaves it's you know everybody's bundled up so you are like Fall, winter, yeah, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, cold. But then you see, so here's Dana's apartment, and there's <coughs> yep. no decorations. Wouldn't you think there'd be Christmas decorations here in Dana's apartment? Well, she's got a
2: poinsettia right there. What are you talking about?
1: Oh, but that's it. Oh, Christmas is coming. I'm going
2: to put this and poinsettia. She's got a thing on her door. Car. Look, she's got a wreath on her door. Uh, now, admittedly, those are too <laughs> hard to see. The wreath and a poinsettia <laughs> is on the floor. You know, out of shot most of the time.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean. I don't. I don't see Dana Barrett going
2: crazy with the Stewart here. The international symbol of Christmas, the white tulip. What are you talking about? <laughs> John deCuir would not approve of this. Baby's wearing red. Uh, stretch. Stretch. <laughs> one, one of the things I debated on the Home Shopping Network too, and I, I opted then to leave it out. Um, was I thought of, I thought a little bit about putting in a couple of. Uh, like vasculitis research and Hank's uh uh search for a cure yeah Hank's
1: hope for a cure Uh, yeah hope
2: for a cure sorry thank you boom 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 um but in the end you know time and just sort of tone and stuff like that I opted to leave it out but yeah yeah. I do think of it every time now I watch this movie because you know we get to see little Hank here and there and uh, it's yeah. kind of sad. It's kind of sad to, it's like that with even stars that you have less of a direct connection. I mean, it's not like I have a direct connection with them, but you know, we've heard from them. They've, they've talked to us as a, uh, as a community and stuff like that. But even like just it fans in general, like, um, uh, not fans in general, but celebrities that you know what their future is and then watch the old movies. It's just kind of, ah, bummer.
1: Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, for those of you who, who don't know what we're talking about, so Hank and Will Deutschendorf, the the two twins that play Oscar, the baby here, uh, Hank, uh, p- passed away last year now at this point. It's been a year. Yeah. Nope, a year and a half. It's been a while, yeah, actually. While. Um, but uh, Is that it, Karl Marx?
2: Sorry, keep keep going.
1: The Karl Marx in the background, that weird drawing. Or
2: Hemingway or – uh, yeah, he, he, uh, let's not beat around the bush. He didn't pass away. He, he, he opted out. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that was due to a lifelong, uh, uh, battle with, uh, depression, et cetera. Um, uh, depression and a couple of other things. Yeah. Men- his brothers mental illnesses. About, yeah. His brothers talked about it and, and, in since his passing, they set up, you know, uh, uh people could donate to, uh, research in his name and all that. I want one of those head stethoscopes <laughs> things. I'm not hundred percent sure why a person would need one uh yeah,
1: but uh, for for next time you're in a parade uh say for fan fest or you could be uh examination egon with that attached to your forehead. <laughs> Uh, It's funny, when you said uh, for the the home shopping network you had considered and you were talking about this particular scene, I thought we were going to talk about the yellow Triceratops here, which has eluded me and I think Jason of Ghostbusters News has finally found it's like a Fisher-Price dinosaur, I want to say. But then also the Winnie the Pooh pajamas that Oscar is wearing later, uh, those like fleecy footy pajamas, I wanted to Mm -hmm. get those for for my daughter, and they don't make those anymore. I can't find them anywhere. It is ridiculous. Those were so stuff. commonplace in the 80s, and now they're
2: nowheres. Well, that's just it, right? They got used up, they got handed around, and then off they go. You will basically, there's no, you had a one-shot window, right? You could spend the rest of your life hitting, uh, you know, Salvation Armies and Valley Villages and all that, and, um, and maybe come across one here or there, and but it won't matter, because... Um, She's probably outgrown it by now. <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Exactly.
1: By the time I would find it, she would be sixteen and be like, "What the
2: hell?" Dana's got a real thing for like pencil sketches and etchings and all that. Like, I don't think she has like a painting. Or...
1: uh Yeah, it's all black and She's white got line, got line art. Photos, You're right, little, but it's all. I mean, obviously, this is this is supposed to contrast her very decure inspired uh, uh right there, the first film on yeah. top of
2: the mantle. It's. And more, right there. And are we
1: to imply? Is this uh, Dana's art? Is is Dana uh, doing these these particular sketches?
2: You know, that's a very interesting question. That mantle looks familiar, by the way. Too, have we ever compared it? Like, are we back in the the top of the fire hall again? Uh, <laughs> per chance? I,
1: I don't believe so. I believe this was a, a standing <laughs> set. Uh, All right, yeah. That yawn. You could not script that yawn. Good job, Hank and/or Will. Baby performances, <laughs> I love it. Uh, s- why is Ray under the the crib here? What what was he scanning for that he couldn't have done above the crib? I
2: always thought he was checking the material on the uh, see person carrying tree. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> Christmas trees package. for sale.
1: Skiers walking around. What what the hell are the skiers doing? Yeah, where the heck are they Manhattan? going? That's the one that got me. I was like, what? They look like they just came off the mountain. They're going for a pre-ski, but they're on the island. What? Where did they go skiing? They're obviously... All right. Thanks, background extra. Thanks, Central Casting, for getting us skiers to be in the background.
2: Oh, the language of film. <clears throat> I am moderately bummed that I never got to go to this coffee shop. Mm. I feel like we've I've talked about this before, but I found the I found the location years ago. I actually this is it's the LA. LA location now, right? We're we're back in Los Angeles yep. here, aren't we? Yeah. Found the found the street, and the, you know they they turned a like a tailor shop right there behind uh, uh, Egon. They set up like a you know a New York style magazine stand and covered the storefront with uh, you know the plastic because uh, New York's got tons of that that plastic. Uh, Drop plastic and all that to kind of vaguely shield the, uh, produce and flowers and all that from the cold outside. And, uh, so found the location, but behind them there, instead of the parking lot and the coffee shop, it's, it's a, you know, like a single story or two story. I can't remember now how big it is. It's not very tall, but a tiny little shopping mall kind of and is it still standing
1: thing. there? Because downtown LA is, and you've uh, the term is this.
2: ridiculous. I think we've talked about this. I think it, somebody was saying that, that may even be now be gone. Like that even may have been. Torn I, down, I
1: think so. I'll have to double check your your article because I think you know downtown LA is. Uh, well, point in case the firehouse uh, number twenty three that we saw earlier, uh, where the birthday party was happening, and we will mm. be seeing again later once we return to the Ghostbusters firehouse. Uh, being revamped and turning into a an art center for kids and that's Skid Row. That's the that was sort of avoided all costs and now is sort of becoming this up and coming area because the area surrounding it has, has totally changed. But
2: uh, yeah, well and it's cheap, right? It's gentrification. Uh, yeah. Like uh um, yeah. it's not that far away from the the convention center. Right. And the Staples yeah. Center and those two together started forcing cleanup and takeover of their surrounding areas. And in the years I used to go to E3, the first time there used to be a parking lot across the street. I think possibly I talked to somebody about it. Maybe it was you and maybe it was on an episode, but talking about <laughs> the God Games, uh, party where they took over a p- entire parking lot and they had like, a, a penthouse pets or whatever dressed up as mm. as Catholic schoolgirls and they had mini-kiss and all this. It was just, video game excess! And then they went out of business because that's what video game <laughs> excess does Spending to you. Spending a whole lot of money there. It's, uh, it's uh, apartments and condos now. Uh, and that's again, just kind of pushes the Child. cleanup a couple of blocks closer to where the fire hall is. So the thing is, is that gentrification happens where property is cheap and property is cheap there. So give it another five, ten years and it'll probably... They'll have managed to push everybody somewhere else. <laughs> it'll it'll so. happen again.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's let's talk about really quick. I know it's it's behind us now, but that that shot of Vigo where Vigo starts talking to Janosch, and we've now Whoa. we've seen uh, I think it's uh, William Forsch who's who showed us that video uh, of them shooting head to toe Vigo of the painting coming to life and him kind of walking. Uh, yeah. Away from uh, the background and stepping out into the space, and I guess you know <laughs> Ivan Reitman didn't think that it worked that well, and they had to go back to the drawing board and and design this floating head thing at the, at the very last minute. Um, yeah, I
2: thought I thought that was part of that big Glenn Etchinson article.
1: Oh, yeah, that was it. Maybe it was the Glenn Etchinson
2: article. Yeah, there was there was definitely that article was a. Clearly, stamping who did what, sort of thing. Right. And they covered a lot of that, and there is footage of it too. Like him, in the end, the photo, those photos of him live were also the reference used for the painting, because of course you need to have the painting right. to haul around. They're doing and, like
1: that living portrait kind of thing, where it looked like he, they they designed the painting and everything so that it looked like it was two dimensional, but it was him standing there, and they could
2: then sort of cheat it that way. But I guess it, yeah. I guess the effect didn't work, huh? I guess, which is a shame because that as ambitious no bozos No bozos. I really want to. Know. Someday um, we're
1: gonna talk to Bo Welch, the production designer of this, and be like, dude, what's the deal with the no bozos?
2: No so bozos. Somebody
1: tell us, is that your stamp? Is that like your number seven uh, that you gotta get in there everywhere
2: or there's at least two Well now we just gotta go watch his other movies and see. Um what were we talking about before this? Oh the Glenn Edchinson thing. That that shot would be amazing now with the computers to clean out you know what I mean? Like they could have they set could up the frame up and, yeah. and, and built, built you know, like a tiny 3d set for him to stand in. And then you actually could have had camera movements and just had the computer clean out the background. Like, so you're, as long as you're looking into it, it's 3d and it moves through, you know, not pop off the screen 3d, but yeah. it has depth and dimension. And when you move, things move in relation to one another. But as as you move further around it sort of thing, there's nothing behind it sort of thing. Like that's kind of, I think how they envisioned it. And the only time we ever, ever see that is just digital effects stuff. I don't know that anybody's,
1: I, yeah, I mean, and that, i mean, not, because the reason I bring it up is, and it's, it's funny that you went directly to that is, yeah, if they did that now, it'd just be a CG shot and they could put, see? he could morph Troy. out
2: of the thing and look, Troy, she can open the door and it's gonna have a Christmas ribbon on it because it's Christmas time. <laughs> Troy.
1: It's very subtle. It's very Oh, but I wooed. Um, the lights outside are red because it's Christmas time and <laughs> <laughs> Which
2: is another weird thing, like
1: yeah, the emergency the, lights the the are, are red.
2: Are emergency lights red? And I always thought they just had the white floodlights. It was it would be dark at, darker darker but it would just uh, be, yeah, be the floodlight.
1: I wonder if they did that just to show
2: maybe the powers out, but we can't, we don't want to have full blackout. Uh, Again, yeah, that could be movie thing where people are yeah. like, does this read as the powers out? We only saw her wander out in the dark with a candle a minute ago. <laughs> you know well,
1: it's that old thing where if uh you know the air conditioning's on you got to tie ribbons to the air conditioning vent so that people understand that there's air coming out of it like i think we we all know that air is coming out of yeah the vent, right
2: see ribbon christmas time a red yeah. and black ribbon thanks to the red lights um this dana's got a dark side it's that whole i love Zool this thing. effect this effect i absolutely love it, it has to be practical right
1: yeah, well, yeah, and again, tying back to what kind of what I was talking about is this would be a totally different movie if they would have made Underwear it three ad. years later. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> on a front and center on a bus, probably on a unintentional. Bus. Hey, um, I, you know, I, I just feel like because you've got Jurassic Park, which is right around the corner, ninety-two, and then of course the summer of eighty-nine was super crowded if going back to that uh, rolling stone article you had batman and indiana jones and star trek and ghostbusters and just movie after movie after movie but these were the last of the movies that were photochemically done
2: for uh for visual effects so well remember though they did have the vigo pop out yeah yeah that,
1: but that's that still is th- i mean that that the- was a digital composite though that wasn't that wasn't a a fully cg no shot because
2: like i said well jurassic park is where they stretched it to its limit but remember around this time uh would have been uh young sherlock holmes right
1: yeah him fighting the skeletons and
2: the the glass the stained glass oh that's right uh, the stained uh, glass
1: yeah i was thinking jason and the argonauts yeah yeah
2: yeah um What else? Lawnmower Man, like everybody took the technology and stretched it but, to its max in a different but way. Just,
1: uh, like Lawnmower Man was ninety one, I want to say, yep. just literally right around the corner from this movie. So, <sighs> so like that shot of the the Van Horn Transit with the river of slime—that's all optical, and that's a yep. matte painting oh, and yep, a miniature yep. and. Just, it's all beautiful. I just, I love, I mean, and not not demeaning against any of the CG stuff because everything that they do is so elaborate and so detailed, but, you know, when you have to set this up and shoot it in a camera some way, somehow, uh, you got to do some trickery, which I, I tip my cap to.
2: Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. There's kind of a tip coming in the industry because there are effects houses that are going back to, uh, at the end of the day, if you want, like, you know a fully realized I don't know werewolf that transforms in front of you and moves around and all that you're gonna have to go 3D sort of thing yeah um but that's that is because people don't have to think within like constraints like uh you know Landis and uh uh what's his name did on American Werewolf where they couldn't do that so they said okay well here's you know here's the arm distorting you're seeing all these standing out here's punches. the
1: punch uh Rick Baker I think you're talking about right Rick Baker Rick thank ba- you yeah
2: so you you yeah you you sell it in bits and pieces and but because it's a physical object it kind of reads better to people but yeah i think we're i think we're heading back towards a a mix of practical and sorry i got just distra- <laughs> i got distracted there's a there's a youtube series uh what's the guy's name yeah but it for the long and the short of it is he's a a lawyer and he uh he reviews Legal stuff in movies and television. Oh, for, that's funny for his audience. Pro- procedure and things that you get away oh, with in yeah. movies
1: that you cannot get away with in real life. Yeah, uh,
2: amazingly, his highest score, as far as I can tell, uh, for for uh, realistic uh, 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 courtroom stuff. You'll never guess. My legal cousin Vinny. Oh, no, oh, my okay. cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny. it and actually it turned out as uh, he's, he's, uh, the guy who wrote the screenplay was a lawyer. Oh. So when he wrote it, he knew exactly what to do. And everybody else everybody else it turns into the Mitchell on Webb sketch about (laughs) about the two the two screenwriters that can't be bothered to research on their stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) This man died from too much electrics. Like what?
1: Well, I, I feel like <laughs> Ivan Reitman has a particular affinity for courtroom scenes. I mean, obviously, Legal Eagles. My joke aside. Uh, Your joke aside. Ghostbusters Two courtroom scene. Uh, yep. Evolution courtroom scene. Courtroom Dave scene. courtroom scene. Uh, uh, what else has had a, a courtroom scene? He's had a uh, stripes. Does not have one. Is this Meatballs a standing?
2: This is a standing set somewhere, or did they shoot inside a courtroom?
1: Uh, No, this is actually, this is a set that was used for another movie. Um, Oh, shoot, and the name of the movie is escaping me, because, I mean, one for one, they had built it for that particular movie, which was a courtroom drama, um, and you can see it. Well, shoot, Uh, for the next time we do Ghostbusters 2 commentary, I will remember... (laughs)
0: <laughs> what that movie was. Because the see, the this...
1: pillars and the columns and things like that you you can definitely see. Uh Ghostbusters 2 swept in and, and shot right before they they tore this set down.
2: They tore which which is fantastic. It also goes to show how we like to be armchair, you know, box office analysts and all that, and there's so much we just don't know, right? Like yeah. how much did this production save by leasing it from another production and how much did that other production get to write off its <laughs> You know what I mean? Off That's, its books.
1: I, I mean, I would imagine uh, Ghostbusters 2 was the sole benefactor, uh, whereas the production, whose name escapes me, that this particular courtroom was built for, uh, th- they probably didn't get any kickback. I, the only thing Nothing? that they probably... They, their construction people, to tear the set down, they probably didn't have to pay for those, those union guys to tear everything down and all of the, the waste and stuff. But uh,
2: It's a beautiful yeah. courtroom set. It's, I mean... You can look up and everything.
1: Yeah, well, you can tell that, uh, that this was built for a movie that was going to take place entirely in a courtroom. And and then here comes uh, ILM. They're going to destroy that, and they're going to break that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love the, the balsa wood the, effect yeah. of tables that get thrown and broken. Um, I got to watch from the sidelines of a uh, uh, that uh, Dead Zone TV show because that was shot here in town. And they had a courtroom bit, and it was always hilarious because, again, um, being a TV show, they had to build it up just for, you know, the one episode and then tore it back yeah. down again. So, yeah, no, no ceiling, no nothing. It was just <laughs> everything up to, like, nine feet and then done. Please don't point the camera up. <laughs> yeah. Don't but show this one,
1: seven feet or higher, uh, otherwise you see nothing. This but-
2: was obviously a movie, a movie, uh, and they spent a lot of time in there, and it was... Yeah, and and oh. then
1: uh, the Ghostbusters two crew uh, brought in the pyro and they tore out part of the ceiling so that they could get a wire gag in there and uh they they did the demolition for them naturally uh, here
2: if you're gonna destroy it anyways.
1: Now, okay, so so some of the criticisms that we hear for Ghostbusters 2, and this is this is one that seems to always come up, the Do Ray Egon gag, uh, also mm-hmm. two in the box, ready to go, we be fast and they be slow. Uh, that Ghostbusters two is trying too hard for a catchphrase. That's that's one of the criticisms that I see, like all the time. Oh, they they were trying to get everybody to be saying Do Ray Egon. They were trying to get everybody to say. Uh, nimble little minx ain't she like they were trying they were they were forcibly trying to make the movie quotable i guess is is the criticism that i i see and i hear um yeah do you get that sense i i've never really felt that but then the more people that i talk to that they say well who who would say that in real life um nobody i don't know it's not a natural line of dialogue but then again in the first movie there weren't a whole lot of natural I mean it was all Bill Murray improvising so yeah. that's about as natural as it gets but
2: well and his lines are the one that everybody picks up on right <laughs> right i assume that this that little bit was done as a this is just how comfortable like this is this is a um, to contrast with the a, another reason to because remember they peel Winston out and it's just back to the core 3 and they're busting a ghost together. Uh, and so it's just supposed to harken back to that first uh, bust in the first movie. Only in that one, they're, like, you know, scared stiff. They don't know what they're doing. They're kind of guessing on the spot. This one, they're yelling, you know, instructions back and forth. And, you know, like, Egon. And Egon's like, <laughs> yeah, like, patter. he's halfway there. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're just kind of lighthearted about it. Like, that, that was my assumption. So that could be uh,
1: Yeah, it's... it's uh, d- Old old union guys coming back to work, uh, and they they remember all of the the <coughs> stuff that they did. I guess that that makes sense. That was my take on it. I yeah, I, I it was kind of the real Ghostbusters effect to me. I I, I guess, you know, in, in real Ghostbusters, they were saying this kind of stuff all the time. So it, I guess it just felt natural that yeah, they're they've got their own phrases and their own like two in the box, ready to go. Yeah, so that's something that they've done before,
2: you know. Um, Man, they even had to do the hallway outside. (laughs) What was that, basil? What kind of plants you got there? It's certainly not
1: uh, a poinsettia or a holiday-themed. No. Now, now Janine, I could see not having holiday decorations. Oh,
2: split second, you saw Santa across the street underneath the sign. (laughs) The worst of it is... They paid that guy. <laughs> they, yeah, they paid exactly. that guy and you, we saw his, his butt <laughs> for like six frames before the camera panned up. Put them in hats. So the progress of time here going. Yeah, closer to, closer to Christmas. But no actual Christmas. Like that's the strange part. Like there's no...
1: Yeah, they really do. They gloss over. We go from Christmas to... I mean, the, the, the kind of wonder thing, wonderful thing about Ghostbusters 2 is that it all takes place within the span of maybe a week or two, you know, if, if we're gearing up to Christmas here, it's almost the 25th and then we completely gloss over Christmas happened. So you've got six, seven days where everything else has happened
2: here. Uh, and there's no, there's no real talk of like, you know, what, what do they do? Like <laughs> we never really get to see much in, like this one opened up a bit. Here's Egon, the academic, here's Ray, you know, as the, in, the inveterate, you know, entrepreneur, occultist, and here's Peter as you know doesn't want a doesn't want a hard job. <laughs> uh, we get no sense of what Winston's doing other than he's just kind of side cashing with uh, with Ray on stuff, but no real like. What did they you know? What did they do? What did they do? For, what did they do for Christmas? Did they all get together? Did they like? I, I don't
1: yeah. know. Kind was, of was there a lost. Christmas
2: celebration at the firehouse in the midst of all this? And, and did they? Hey. Hey, uh, Dan Shoning and Eric Burnham, we got a we got a, a short story for yeah. you guys to do up.
1: The Christmas that was never seen. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: there's um, Robin Shelby. There we go.
1: Yeah, we've we've got this is our I think our second view now of of Slimer here, right? Ah, this montage is so great. So, oh, here's my holy grail, because I don't think we've seen footage from it, uh, Chris. That scene where uh, Ray is driving the Ecto-1A completely crazily and they they cut to Peter, he makes that face like, oh my God, what's he doing? That whole scene that's in the now comics adaptation of him saying, I'm going to kill everybody, where he's possessed by Vigo. We haven't seen any more of that, right? Just what's in the montage here is the only only footage of that that's crept out into the wild?
2: Yeah, that's all I've ever seen. Um, and we know and they shot it, some of it. It's also another uh, out of sequence, right? Because it's supposed to come after them going to the the museum, and Ray kind of vaguely thral, you know, falls under Vigo's thrall. Yeah. Hey, you okay? You coming down with something?
0: Yeah.
1: So, but you take the cake.
2: <laughs> it's always the quiet ones there. <laughs> There's one of the quotes, and actually yeah. that one, that one's a written one, and that one goes to um, to Ernie Hudson. So well done, Ernie.
1: Yeah, they're they're feeding Ernie some good lines here, which I know was was one of his uh, critiques about the first movie was that any any of the funny lines, uh, and and he's he's always very good natured about it. He's like, you know, they shared uh, all of the funny lines and they gave me a few things, but you know, it's 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 obvious that they're the comedians and they're taking all of the funny stuff. But they they really fed him some good stuff in Ghostbusters two here.
2: Yep. Well he's got a much bigger part. Except for the like the like I said, this is why I think the courtroom scene was deliberately designed to to hearken back to the You know what I mean? I don't think yeah, you necessarily read that way for one. people. Yeah. But I think that was the intention was to take it back to the, the, the original three busting a and you know, this is Ghostbusters two, so there's two ghosts instead of just one, but
1: Yeah. But they're they're in the in the original movie, it was Amateur Hour, but in this particular one, they're uh, seasoned pros. They got it down. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen Dan Schoening put those uh, those clown ice cream cone, uh, the box that's on top of the refrigerator no. back there. <laughs> that I feel like Classic. all of us had Classic. at some point. Um, yeah, Dan. What are you, you sloughing? Come on, man. Uh, a Novos is designing the dancing toaster to be coming out in 2019. Everybody get ready. I just made that up. That would be funny <laughs> if a Novos was selling dancing toasters though. Uh,
2: yeah, no, <laughs> I, I think I'd buy that actually. I would too. I would totally buy that. I I wonder if this particular
1: prop has to exist somewhere. And I wonder if if people know that it's the remote-controlled dancing toaster with that giant cable that's obviously being used to puppeteer the,
2: the toaster. No. I bet you it's sitting in a box somewhere.
1: Toaster. Circa 1984-
2: now, was that – that was back in the the L.A. fire hall.
1: Yeah, that was – that's fire hall. That's uh, the second floor of Firehouse 23, Fire Which Station why, 23,
2: yeah. By, by the way, I found out by accident here when I was going through uh, the cast and all this. Uh, this is – this guy's uh, gentleman's name, we've talked about before, Walt Flanagan.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, the
2: security guard guy is Walt Flanagan, right? But if you search on Rotten Tomatoes, they've attributed it to uh, – <laughs> Kevin Smith's Walt Flanagan. He's <laughs> got his head shot. It's like no, him, he's... Steve Dave. I had a very exciting couple of minutes where I went, oh my God, was he one of the kids at the party or something? And uh, then I realized what had happened and I went, no, boy.
1: Well, I think we've we've called out a couple of times uh, in our previous commentary, uh, not Al Franken at the beginning of the movie, not all of the, the misconceptions of people that make cameos in this movie that that's, yeah, that's they, not actually them.
2: There's somebody later on, one of the the revelers that I think they think is like Eric Idle or something. Like it's just no, no, no. No, it's just a uh, just... punk rock dude in
1: 1989, yeah, or 88, I guess more appropriately. Exactly. Where do you remember where they filmed the interiors of the museum? I know that the the exteriors are the customs house that's down there on the the very southern part of Manhattan that's closest to uh to Liberty Island, but wh- the interiors of the museum were where? Do you remember? No, I do not. It was somebody's mansion, wasn't it? It was It was some private residence, I thought.
2: Like, this that is somebody's be. house. Wow. Well, you got one up on me on that one here. Ghostbusters. Museum.
1: <laughs> Bit of a sissy, isn't he? Uh... I mean, and it could be a combination. I bet some of this was soundstage, obviously that final battle, uh, that little courtyard that they set up for the battle with Vigo, that was a soundstage, but, uh, like that, that shot where Peter is talking to the, uh, Hey, world of the psychic security guard, Walt Flanagan, that, I, I feel like that was somebody's house or library or something. <sighs> calling Derek Osborne let's see what time is it in uh oh, it's only one o'clock in the morning His the time National happy Muse- new year Derek
2: <laughs> <laughs> National Museum of the American Indian from U.S. Custom House Bowling Green Manhattan New York so that's the exterior
1: yeah well yeah
2: yeah that's that's the they exterior shot the slime and all that outside uh, but the interior
1: was somewhere eh, maybe I'm full lying full-scale
2: replica of part of the museum was constructed inside a soundstage in Burbank Studios. Ah. Oh, oh, but Burbank. it says, was constru- in order to have the slime ooze from the mortar joints. Okay, so that's, again, that's a replica of the exterior. Right, right. Okay, so... Although, that just says to do the... Yeah, okay. It's possible that they did the inside then, too.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe it is all a... Uh, you're
2: not thinking of the the old uh, governor's mansion or whatever that they used no, for the
1: yeah, that Gracie Mansion is uh oh shoot. Yeah, it's 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 a popu- it's a, a wedding destination here in LA that uh, uh, you can go
2: film at. Floating Oscar in the Museum took some doing. Chuck Gaspar's crew made a, a shout out to uh, Ghostbusters.fandom.com, by the way for their wiki here. Um yeah, they had to do a rig to float the baby, which is something that's easier done inside a soundstage then. uh, I feel like I've seen,
1: I've seen a behind the scenes photo of that somewhere. Maybe it's in the visual history. It looks like it's an arm. Like the baby is up on an arm, kind of like a jib, uh, lever looking lever looking thing. Um, there's actually, there's a lot of really great behind the scenes photos in that visual history. If you, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it before, I think that's yeah. where the, the great one of the crew running after the, uh, the, <laughs> the baby carriage from the beginning of the movie. That's where that particular one came from. <laughs> what the hell is this shit? The, the one kind of muttered swear word that we were able to get into Ghostbusters 2.
2: Yeah. He, um, it's funny. It, it reminded me, somebody was pointing out in uh galaxy quest. Um, uh Sigourney <laughs> Weaver has a bit where she says uh, you know like forget this. Yeah. And you can quite obviously tell that she's dropping some Fs and, and and S's a little bit of adr helped that one out. Yeah. It reminds me back to the first one where it's very subtle and it's very quick but uh where Peter uh his line about you know she says, you know, that's the bedroom but nothing ever happened in there. <laughs> I still contend that it looks like he's saying not yet or something, which is why she has like a, that look, yeah. that weird look. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, they, they dropped a line of
1: dialogue there. That was a little too forward. A even little too for forward for the,
2: uh, um, was that the jacket by the way you're in love with? Uh, not, uh yes. Not, yes. not Ray's. Peter's.
1: Yeah. Not Ray. No, these, these, uh, these caps I love because this is also showing the progression of their technology from the first to the second movie that, that would have been a colander in the uh, first movie. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, no, that that jacket that Peter uh, was sleeping on the couch in, that, like, green trench coat, that's... That's a good one. It's it's such a 90s thing. Nobody can get away with those anymore,
2: but... uh, Oh, those 400 by whatever 225 (laughs) resolution screens. (laughs) uh,
1: Precursor to Twitter where you can only get 140 characters on one screen.
2: (laughs) Back when uh, Hollywood didn't have to... To stylize or fake what computer stuff looks like for it to read better, better for people because that's all I could get out of it. I could spend the rest of my life staring at screenshots of Peter's apartment. To be honest, like that wire chair. Oh the- man,
1: it, it's a it's a set decks of uh, dream come true slash nightmare because I bet the continuity on this thing was t- whole holy god. How many Polaroids must exist of this particular set just to make
2: sure that nothing moved and was out of place? And He's got so much, yeah, and he's got, like, these weird, like, it's a, it's such a hodgepodge of stuff. Like, there's that big silver- the uh, Lamp, 60s the floor stand lamp. lamp, yeah. The, the, his desk lamp from the first movie is in here somewhere.
1: Oh, that's right, uh, yeah. It's kind of over there next to the uh, newspaper. uh
2: yeah. In the corner where they also have like a replica bust of the uh, Statue of Liberty and all that, like just they knew it was just gonna be a cluttered space, so they just put stuff in. To
1: (laughs) I love, yeah, we need to make it look like Peter is a complete mess that he just he has no sense of uh, organization or of uh, just clutter it up, clutter it up as much as you can. And yet here are all of these like super cool collectory item like Art Deco. (laughs) Like it should be, yeah, right there on his nightstand, the beer bottles and the, uh, I think that's like popcorn buckets, maybe chicken buckets. I'm
2: not sure what those are. The, the late fifties, early sixties, that ceramic dancing couple just, uh, oh, here we go. The lobby scene and deleted Egon scene was filmed at the Alexander Hamilton U.S. Custom House at one Bowling Green in lower Manhattan, Ah. but the restoration room scenes were filmed in California. Aha. So again, that, well, that either does mean Burbank or somebody's place, but they also say, if, I don't know if you can see it here or not, but, um, in the montage where they come out with the, the Santa hats, that's across the street from here. Yeah.
1: It's tough because so this, this whole area of Manhattan has changed so much. Even, even the outside of the customs house, they've kind of redesigned and refurbished and. Uh, when I when I was there I don't know like two years ago like the, the columns outside uh, have changed a little bit and
2: yeah. um, but that is a good jacket I I admit it's
1: a cool jacket right my wife disagrees every time I'm like I want Peter's jacket she's like come on you also want Steve
2: act- Martin's shoes and father of the bride don't do it so I actually have a shirt uh, very similar to Venkman's there so yes the plaid is back that plaid woman is back. has very large eyebrows <laughs> She's got dark and large eyebrows. Yeah. Contrast heavily with her her dyed bowl cut. Uh, so I'm not uh, hair shamer because that is full on Oh no, early 90s. it
1: was the, of the time there. Yeah.
2: Uh, I love I'm Peter just McNichol glad they in they this particular the seat. shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, for a period of time. Yeah, look at that check. Like that's a beautiful sh- I want his shirt. I yeah. actually have a shirt very similar to that just by accident not so much uh cuz that is very side? of the time 80s. I'm surprised he's not wearing like a bolo tie or something with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Buttoned up to the top like that, he needs a bolo tie. He needs yeah, <laughs> he needs
1: something uh, uh having it's recently not too bad. sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Keeps I keep stepping the, on the your lattice, point. The lattice <laughs> His like
1: his his apple pie lattice uh shirt there is funny.
2: Was say, that oh, if they if they built that in Burbank, that is big, though.
1: It's, it's huge. That's why I thought it was or some museum here. I don't know. I to, that, I'll, I'll dig that up uh, for the next commentary, too. Tune in uh, three years <laughs> from now when we do another commentary <laughs> for us to answer these questions to our own conversations here.
2: Yeah, that doesn't read as fake floor. No, that's... I mean,
1: it's... That's like a fine marble work or a really good vinyl print, <laughs> like there's no way thank you um yeah, okay, so as you were alluding to after this scene is where we should have seen uh Ray almost killing the ghostbusters uh in the car
2: Ray's wild ride uh for those of you who not are not aware the uh that weird silver thing that Ray was holding. That was a thirty-five millimeter panoramic hi- Santa. See, there's a Santa <laughs> hidden in the corner because, although we all know Peter leaves him there all year round, I was going to say um,
1: Peter probably doesn't move that Santa Claus that's behind the door. But between
2: that mm. and the like, the silver again, the '60s uh, silver tinsel artificial tree, there's a lot of coding to sell you on the idea that this is around Christmas time. Um, what was I babbling about? Oh, that that was a thirty-five the millimeter panoramic, panoramic camera. camera. Um. And it's just kind of amazing. And they were expensive. Like, I remember, like, 97, 98, they were still manufacturing them and selling them because uh, even though people were starting to do digital panorama stuff, you still had to do it in film and then scan the film and, you know, high-end computing to stitch it all together and all that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, now we just do it with our phone. Our, our phone tells us to move slower yeah. so we can get a beautiful panoramic shot. Uh,
1: I, I, now I'm just paying attention to all of the set decoration in Peter's apartment. I love the like microfiche monitor with the stuffed uh, taxidermy turtle on top of
2: it. <laughs> yeah, somewhere over here is his lamp from the.
1: Um... You saw the uh, the Liberty uh, Statue of Liberty arm torch uh, lamp that I believe uh, belonged to the late uh, Michael Gross after this particular film. That was what he took with him. Yeah. See, well, okay, here another prime example. We need to show that the
2: suitcase is full, so Peter there left... There it is. There's the lamp. She just walked past it uh, between oh, them. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. outside the door. That's the lamp it, yeah, from his yeah, desk. You see it right there. Those, I, uh, I always keep making a note of the name. It's actually a... They, they're on eBay, and people fight over them, man. They are... Uh, I'm sure it's... Uh,
1: Especially if they're vintage, if that's something that, you know, it's like like the,
2: uh... I'm pouring myself a New Year's drink. Oh, do it. Uh, Let's see. Let me, uh,
1: let's see if I can figure out a countdown here. Let's see. We're 55 minutes in. Uh, we're we're getting close. We're getting pretty close here, everybody.
2: No, I don't say this to be creepy, but... She has beautiful collarbones, right? It's not just me.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Sigourney Weaver has, like, such defined features. Her, her face, her cheekbones. Yeah, you can see why she was a model, right? You, Yeah, you would not mistake Sigourney Weaver for somebody else. She's not going to blend into a crowd. Ah, I love that establishing shot of the hook and ladder number eight that we just shot, that just flew by. wish we yep. could watch more of that.
2: Oh. oh, I never realized he's got the Omni on the behind his desk now, on the wall there. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, uh, we I noticed in his apartment, like the USA Today and, uh, what was it, Time or whatever?
1: Yeah, his ghost... By the, uh... way,
2: by the way, I would like to point out, I know everybody, and you're one of them, likes to think that the first movie is kind of condensed into a two-week period. They got some major coverage. <laughs> in a ridiculous – let's just say there's no reason National Magazines would have uh, been able to put, the, put yeah. some, on, some covers there. there.
1: There's a pretty decent passage of time there during that montage in the first movie. Whereas this mm. this particular movie, the montage is
0: a,
2: a couple weeks, a week, maybe Yes, that. very, very short. Yeah. Red again, because they're in the dark. They're in the dark room.
1: Well, at least the dark room, it makes sense that they've got the red light uh, going.
2: I own one of these.
1: One of these uh, photos that they're looking one at? One of these photos, yes.
2: Ah, is it,
1: is it a, an original or a reprint?
2: Uh, no, it's got the ILM Ghostbusters 2 stamp and date on oh. the back. Wow. Now, that's not to say I can swear that it was used in the movie. Uh, it, may, it may be that they made a bunch of them but it is it is yeah it's actually it's that size it's um it's on the photo paper you can see all that huh, and uh, that's
1: a cool thing to have I, yeah, I i figured they were all destroyed in 2 seconds here when everything catches
2: fire uh well that's <laughs> i now that you mentioned it that's a very good <laughs> argument for my wh- my why mine wasn't screen used but, uh, but uh, yeah
1: i was going to say for for all productions they've got 500 of these things here
2: but uh yeah i ended up with one of them so that's... uh uh the, very pleased
1: the, the the movie magic here the uh the portraits have a lot of um flammable oil on them in one shot right before they they catch fire they're like wow, that picture is very soaking wet oh it catches fire oh, i
2: got it well photos when you take them out of the developing chemicals are
1: soft yeah wet. that that fixer but uh when they're looking at them they're pretty dry and then all of a sudden they get Look, they get Troy. a little bit of propane trees hey, oh, with lights because uh, it's Christmas, Troy. Did we just miss it? This is the Ecto Two shot, isn't it? Where you see on the uh, the license plate that it says Ecto Two. I don't want to risk going back because I don't want to screw up our
2: sink here. But oh, I've loved it. Oh wait, no. I could try running it on my second device here, but
1: <laughs> can you pull up a can you pull up a fourth screen <laughs> so that? I'm pretty sure it's the enhance, all you can enhance. enhance the Ecto-2 shot is, is this particular one when they pull up in their all-you-can-eat rib night at Sizzler uh, outfits.
2: Boy, if we ever have to do, like, a commentary where people are counting on us, we, we may have to bring <laughs> notes. We'll actually script it out.
1: We'll script it out. Yeah. I, so the, the wonderful thing about this particular scene is uh, if you've got the newest Blu-ray set, not the 4K edition, which doesn't have any of the special features, but the newest Blu-ray set that has all of the deleted scenes from Ghostbusters 2 on it, uh, seeing the alternative of this particular scene. Well, now we're in the uh, tunnel, but uh, where, you know, Peter and, and Dana are going out on their date and the guys are in the hallway like, they're inside the apartment, and they open up the door, and the guys are in the hallway. It's just, it's a totally different, I, I'm glad they reshot this. I'm glad they used this particular version where they're outside. It just, it didn't, it felt like a totally different movie. It felt like, you know, uh, in the original Ninja Turtles movie from, uh, whatever that was, 91... Where, where all four of the Ninja Turtles are in a hallway and you're like, why are you framing them through this door? Why you have all this money. Why are you shooting through a doorway into a hallway? Give, give your movie some scope.
2: Hey, Hey, hello. Uh. <laughs> this was obviously, this one is complete movie magic. Well, oh yeah. Like one, one, one of the sound stages, they just built track lights and from the top. Everything
1: falls to to black here. To dark, yeah. yeah. So all okay, all of these heads that are on the pikes,
2: uh, but they have to have been from other movies, right? I was
1: gonna say they have to be like if if that's one of those things where you could have been on set, and and the the prosthetics guy was like, oh, this was a mask from Hellraiser, and this was. A dummy from whatever movie. There's no way that those were all unique. That those, those had to have been.
2: No, they just... They recycle this stuff all the yeah. time, right? Like... I would like to take this opportunity to... See, you can kind of see the background behind them, and it does look like iron girders. So they uh, do put a little bit of something around them, but... I mean, it's it's just a corridor shot. I mean, they could have... They could
1: have also filmed this in we here in LA. We actually do have a a lot of abandoned uh, railway lines. They could have filmed it in those ones that are under uh, downtown LA. Oh, that's true. We'll just have to ask Ivan Reitman. (laughs) Let me call Ivan Reitman on New Year's Eve at uh, 11 p.m. here, and I, yeah, like I have Ivan Reitman's. Oh yeah, look, there's wall. Huh. Yeah. It's or it's possible that it was a, a
2: a building that they repurposed. They put the rails down onto it. That's true. You put the rails up against the wall. Yeah. That I mean that could just be warehouse wall for it's very tall for a tunnel. Tunnels are very constrained, and this is quite tall. Who knows? Uh, well, earlier, I was gonna I was on. gonna
1: shout out to the people that uh, cosplay in these particular costumes. I, I really, <laughs> like, Ron Daniels is one of the standouts. I know he always does it, but yeah, like the yellow coat and the the pink uh, kitchen cleaning gloves and
2: see that's the other reason, reason why I kind of doubt this this location. It's like we don't have a good place for Ray to pop out of. <laughs> Fine, just have him step out from behind the camera. <laughs> Off
1: camera, yeah.
2: <laughs> what, I think
1: that's that's Ivan Reitman trying to do a jump scare, but not a jump scare. It's I mean, no. I know Ivan Reitman has the, the horror gene in his body. He can scare yep. people when he wants you to. You know, but
2: the HD copy I'm looking at now, going back to them coming down the stairs there, you can see the line in the mat shot. Oh, can you really? Yeah. I mean, it's running down, but there's a color difference. There's, From I mean, where
1: we've seen those map. the map paintings, you can look them up online and actually see what they looked like. Uh, and, and one of these arches uh, just sold at an auction, uh, yep. not, not too long ago as well as, as a miniature, but.
2: That one composite shot there where you have them standing by the river of slime, the river of slime, and then the tunnel, that's three different elements. Yeah. It goes together beautifully.
1: Somewhere, I want to say it's in the the Ghostbusters Two EPK, where you can see them filming a little bit of this, and they're just they've got pink lights on the guys. They're standing on a yep. platform, and they've got pink lights uh, pink shining lights. in their face, and
2: and they're jumping onto foam right there. Yeah,
1: they jump into a stunt pad.
2: Shout out to where is he here? Is that him? Oh, is that uh, his head, uh, Mr. Peter Mosen. Mr.
1: Peter Mosen, right in the background there.
2: Yeah, we'll see him in a second.
1: And he uh, is sitting with, um, is it Joe
2: Magic's wife? He's yes, sitting with, I believe so
1: with someone else near and dear to the production. Now this is a, this is a restaurant here in Los Angeles, uh, that I do not believe exists anymore, but don't quote me on it. Uh, but this was actually the last, the very last thing that Sigourney Weaver filmed before she wrapped out on the film. Again, hmm. hat tip to that Rolling Stone article that I just happened to read, uh, earlier this week. <laughs> They have a really great... Re- so, you know, Bill Murray is razzing her about uh, being a double Oscar nominee because of uh, Gorillas in the Mist and uh, was it Working Girl? What was the other one that she was nominated Ye- for? Yes, it was Working Girl, wasn't it? Um. So, you know, uh, really putting the pressure on her not to flub her scenes because she's a double Oscar nominee. I You know... Even in Dan Aykroyd's interviews, all that they ever talk about is the chemistry between Bill and Sigourney in this movie, and I 100% agree. The two of them, I mean, it's—it this is a romantic comedy. This is, uh, I don't think people were expecting to go see Ghostbusters 2 and see uh, Peter Venkman redeeming himself with Dana Barrett.
2: Yeah. Or Louis Tully hooking up. <laughs>
1: i'm I'm also jealous of the separation there in Peter's flat for his bedroom with the like those glass windows and stuff. that's so cool
2: okay, see now I need to photoshop a couple of shots of Lewis Tully here because if Louis Tully had like a mustache with the curled edges and a hipster beard. That outfit would be fine. Because <laughs> look at the, the slicked hair. <laughs> yeah. And then you, slicked hair married to nerd glasses, uh, married to woodsman's beard with a mustache that, that is waxed and curled at the edge. And Th- orange turtleneck. Yeah. The orange turtleneck with, this, with, the, with the retro nerdy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I see these guys walking around Atwater Village uh, every day, basically. Yeah, but he he does, he needs a little facial hair and <laughs> then he facial would hair. 100% be, and and he has to be holding some sort of a like artisan coffee in his hand as well. Uh so this I famously and we mentioned in the last uh the last commentary but this is famously uh a shot where these guys were freezing. They're in exterior of New York City in the middle of the winter covered in this uh what is it meth methacine meth- okay. like disgusting methyl cellulose,
2: methylcellulose cellulose that just absorbs cold uh by the way i shoot I'm, this i'm going to interrupt you uh because uh as i've been told many times by my uh calendar obsessed son it's not winter until december 21st <laughs> okay
1: so uh, they're shooting, tell, tell that it's to shooting to the in the new, new york fall. in the
2: three below zero uh <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I fall right now. I've had I've had a little discussion with him about that, but he's adamant. <laughs> there he is, Peter Mosen. Oh, yeah, right in the foreground there. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, He's got a real, real solid shot there of him.
1: Before I have to get snooty, you don't think the Mater D would have put up more of a fight there? Anyway, uh, so so anyway, so yeah, so they shot that whole thing of the guys coming out of the, uh, the sub or the subway slash uh, sewer. And, uh, the, there was a problem with the camera and they had to shoot it again. They had to reset everything and go back to one and do it again. And, uh, I know it was pretty miserable for those guys, but again, Ernie Hudson is the only, he usually downplays it. He's like, yeah, it was fine, whatever. And then you would hear interviews with Harold and Dan
2: and be like, it was freezing. I hated it. Can't believe I was so angry. Oh God, these outfits. (laughs) (laughs) Again. Okay. So look at his, like the thin, the thin knot and that silvery tie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's pretty late eighties. She looks fine.
1: Oh yeah, I, she she's. I mean, again, this is something my her, wife well,
2: would debate <laughs> me on. But <laughs> your wife is not not keen so, on that. Some evidence?
1: good background acting here by uh, Mr. Mosin. Uh, I think he's I think he's reconciling with his wife or his date or his girlfriend. There, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna make this better. Uh, just kidding. Whatever. I'll fall back.
2: <laughs> okay, so it says Gracie <laughs> Mansion, but this is not Gracie Mansion. No, 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 no. Hey, my kid brother really wants a proton back. Oh, Bobby Brown! I'm so. Gl- I mean, Bobby
1: Brown really. You know, for for all of the things that we could say about Bobby Brown, he really makes this movie. Man, I love on our own. I love like he's music got two. Just...
2: Everybody forgets he's got two, and the second one's a banging track as well. The We're Back track.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which okay, so but We're Back doesn't get used until the credits, and I swear at one point. Uh, like they had considered to use it for the montage or something. I I swear that I read somewhere that they had written that particular song to play during the montage. We're the best for the beautiful. We're the only ghostbusters we're back. And then it was going to kick into Bobby Brown's second song. And then they decided, nah, we need a we need a variation on the theme song. And that's when run DMC came into the, to the picture, but I, I can't, I can't substantiate that. So, uh, take that with a grain of salt. I I can't find where I read that. Uh, someday I'll find that. Hey, look at that Christmas tree in the background. Kinda.
2: <laughs> like, like light blue vinyl couch. He's got, uh, some sort of knit, like crocheted wall hanging thrown over the back of it. It's, <laughs>
1: Well, are we led Those to believe drapes? that Peter, like, did he just pull all of this from a thrift store? Or do you think that these are things that he curated? Like, cause that, that bench seat is pretty awesome. That's pretty like retro
2: sixties vintage. Everything like, you, you go he to a has. Store and that's yeah. an item. Like that is Everything something. Everything he that... has is awesome. But here's the weird part. What is with that apartment? Right? <laughs> like it looks like normal, like uh, for the outside, it's a normal, it looks like he's convinced somebody to l- lease him. The upstairs floor of like an uh, an old warehouse building or something uh, like that, yeah, but or it's, like a
1: department store. It's like a department store of. It's of some, got those it's got,
2: metal pilings up the you know, yeah,
1: middle of the room, and the it's like there's pneumatic tubing uh, for for checks and money and stuff in the background, or he, like he lives in a bank that's been <laughs> converted. I don't know. Uh, so Ernie, we're gonna, we're gonna bring you back for the second movie. Uh, we're going to give you a, a pretty substantial role. You're going to be in a lot of the movie. Um, are you comfortable wearing long underwear (laughs) for an entire scene where all you're going to see is you from the waist down? Are you okay with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. No problem.
2: I like this suggestion too. I know it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a, uh, the, 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 Word for people make clothes. Movies, um, <laughs> costumer, the costumers. Thank you. They design <laughs> right. them on an actor by actor basis. But like, there's the suggestion that Ray and Peter are just sort of functionally off the shelfing at the you know the army surplus or something like that. Whereas Winston's like bringing his own.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's got his like fleece uh, top of the line LL Bean uh, long underwear. Where yeah, yeah, Egon and Ray have this like. That, that's not doing anything. That's just cotton long under. I mean,
2: But they're mashing, right? They both got yeah. the black t-shirts underneath the, the exact same basic long johns. Um, by the way, the lady in the restaurant is Judy Ovitz. And that's last name ah, should give you kind of Judy a hint Ovitz. there. Judy uh, Ovitz.
1: Well, okay, okay, hearkening back to, again, this Rolling Stone article, Michael Ovitz, instrumental in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters 2. Um, that's right which uh, I think we talked about it uh, maybe about a month or two ago when his book was released, uh, that he is sort of the unsung hero here as the agent to basically everybody that you see on screen. He's, he's the package yep. deal man. Judy Ovitz, that's right, that's
2: right. Now, did I ever talk to you about I found the uh, the exterior? Like, we never see the exterior for this but no, they shot of, a bit where they get in the car and drive off. Yeah. You found actually, it? We, that? Actually, I know we did talk about this before um, because we discussed the fact that's a shot that Eugene Levy's in. And oh. I recall seeing the movie where at the end of the hallway. Uh,
1: oh, yeah. We actually, we, we brought this up when we talked to Ivan Reitman. This was, this was your question that you said you swore yeah. you saw part of the Eugene Levy yeah, uh, stuff that had been cut from the movie, and and he kind of shrugged to us, and he was like, ah, "I don't know, maybe uh, no you saw idea. a work print. I don't, well, or I well, think he was like, Eugene Levy was in Ghostbusters too. No, he wasn't in Ghostbusters too. I was
2: listening um, to um, Dick Cavett talking about an episode of his show where the gentleman died on it." And they tastefully opted not to air it. But because it got so much coverage and has been talked about so much, people to this day still tell him the look on your face when that guy died on your show. It's like, how? You never saw it. It never aired. But people, Mm. so who knows? Over the years, at this point, I I just may have complained. But there are photos of Eugene Levy. And I think there's a, is there a (laughs) clip? Because I recall there's actually video of them driving off and him Kind of chasing them briefly because uh, he's been it's left behind. It's in the EPK.
1: You see, yes. um, you you see the behind the scenes like uh, B roll of it. But uh, yeah, and, that and the photo can be seen in the Ghostbusters ectomobile owner's workshop manual.
0: Mm. Funny enough,
2: just a uh, short of Malibu above Santa Monica, there or near Santa Monica on the west side of the 405. There's a kind of a sprawling uh, VA facility there. I can't remember oh. the name though. Um, oh really? Kind of over by Westwood, by UCLA.
1: I wonder. It's
2: it's uh it's in there, and I drove around and ah. I actually did find the one little nook that they were shooting in. It's very hard to find on Google Maps, and I didn't take interesting. Any... It's it is still functioning as a military facility, so I didn't really want to stop and take too many pictures. Um, yeah,
1: you kind of. I mean, when I when I went to a uh, city hall in New York City because uh, I wanted to get to the. That That little driveway where they say, "Come on, let's run some red lights uh in the first film you're sitting there taking pictures, and then you realize like I'm at the loading dock for City Hall taking some pretty <laughs> meticulous
2: photos and <laughs> the last time I blocking. was there uh, I was driving I had a rental car, and I was wearing my um uh, my my ghostbuster Dickie, the one with the the uniform Dicky. Uh, So that one, the one that got lost on that trip, unfortunately. Boo. But it had, like, uh, hook and ladder, uh, eights badge on the the one arm and the Ghostbusters logo and all this sort of. So I look like I'm in vague uh, uniform stuff or whatever. And actually, the uh, military police did pull up and kind of roll down, like, gentlemen, and I'm like, I'm just going to cut to the chase. This is going to sound stupid, but they filmed a shot from Ghostbusters 2 here, and I'm just trying to find it. And I, I, I rolled my arm over to show him the logo <laughs> on the shirt, and he's like, all right, have a good day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So some, sometimes... Nerds! <laughs> it's just being nerds! <laughs> I've been to New York twice, and I've looked both times, and I, I had no real conclusive luck Finding this apartment.
1: Yeah, Dana's that's been kind of a mystery for uh for the Spook Central Paul Rudolph as well, I think. He's I think he's tracked down a building that
2: he thinks might have been Exactly. I found the that one apartment. that like that was supposed to be it as well. It just so much has changed around it that it just it's it like for the short period of time I was there, I just couldn't and of course it's you know downtown Manhattan, so I can't really I didn't really have a good time to pull over and kind of yeah. walk around and stare at it. And I couldn't really slow down with the car or.
1: Well, and, and obviously that shot that we just saw of Oscar, uh, standing out on the ledge, that's, that's 100% a visual effect. Uh, yeah. they probably did a, a building extension no.
2: there. And no, they trained those babies, Those are good <laughs> babies. Uh, yeah. What's that,
1: their secret? Please tell me
2: again. They built, yeah. Ledge, et cetera, just on the soundstage for that, that stuff. And,
1: Here's the future mayor of New York City, uh, now acting as a,
2: no, I, I'm sure there's supposed to be two different people. It could be his brother. We could just say it's his brother.
1: Well, that, okay. Yeah. That would make sense.
2: Yeah, his brother works at the, uh, psychological facility. Yeah. One went into politics and one got a doctorate. Yeah. Boo. Sold. Oh God. Pick. We did talk about this last time. Having the to pick litter. up the litter afterwards. Yeah. The city of New York was really
1: angry about this particular one. Now, this is also uh, one of the few behind-the-scenes things that I saw, and I think I talked about it in the last commentary, that Scott Patrick, who used to do Hollywood one-on-one, he was there filming B-roll, and I saw them filming this, and they had those giant wind machines that looked like the... Uh, whatever you know, those uh, hovercraft that they use down on the bottom bayou. boats. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They had those giant wind machines out there, and poor Sigourney Weaver had to do take after take after take, running up those stairs, uh, being pelted in the face with papers. And okay, so th- this is what they filmed in Burbank. All of this stuff where they're pouring.
2: Yeah, I guess. Although I, that makes sense. because that, that f- was the, practical. Well, the bottom of the door where we don't see the top. Has the, the railing stairs. and all that with the break and the stairs. It looks, it's possible they could have just dumped, you know, off the top of the frame for there, cleaned it up and then to have it ooze out, they had to do it in the, yeah. Like the lights behind the window there. Uh, yeah. See this now, If this I 100% think we're on a soundstage. This, this feels soundstagey to me, but. But it's the same setup, right? Like that is. The yeah. Same,
1: I, I don't know. Again, when we have Bo Welch on the uh, this here podcast, <laughs> if that guy ever gets, I I adore him. He uh he's a director now, but he's done. I mean, if you don't know Bo Welch, and I think I talked about again, I'm sorry to repeat myself. If you just listened to the old one, but um yeah, he was the production designer on Beetlejuice and a bunch of Tim Burton films. Mm. Uh, directed, I want to say Cat in the Hat. He became a director. Um, he one of my favorite things. He was the production designer on Joe Versus the Volcano. So uh, all
2: of his little weird uh, <laughs> visual gags, like you well, see them all in here too. That explains it. the design of Vanquish's apartment then because while Joe versus the Volcano at the beginning was very drab, you know, uh, industrial 70s brick industrial wasteland yeah. yeah, kind of design, the little flourishes in there were these retro like the hula girl and the lamp yeah, and stuff. The like lamp.
1: That. Yeah, the lamp.
2: Yeah. This is uh, a great montage. shot. Special New Year's Eve show. So we're on New Year's Eve and yep. a whole bunch of people decided, it's New Year's Eve. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> Let's go see Cannibal Girls, uh Ivan Reitman's very first film. Well, Do you I know, it's occurred to me film. of all the shot on this site that we've done I never yet occurred to me to go look for that theater. What is that
1: theater? I bet that's one of that's got to be one of the theaters that's down by NYU. And I'm sure that that, that uh, marquee is long gone, but um uh, you know, Cannibal Girls would be one that I ne- I think we need to go back and revisit. I have the DVD. Yeah. Uh and I, I all of their marketing techniques where the 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 bell uh like the there was a whole thing about like that the, the bell would be rung when people were getting freaked out too much and it was Ivan Reitman really taking his stab at matinee no bozos oh yeah, there is. no bozos there and bozo. I think he had a no bozo sticker
2: on the side of his thing
1: too but that Washington Square ghost is awesome
2: by the that way that is a good look Santa That's because Santa. it's Christmas <laughs>
1: But but now it's we're past Christmas, aren't we? This is not Christmas anymore. Yeah, nobody takes their stuff down until New Year's. Uh, Come on. I guess.
2: Timey-wimey, well, wiggly-wobbly. Better day than ever. Oof, that missed. <laughs> you know, yeah. just looking at that, I've it, that shot gets glossed over in my mind. There he is. Mr. Ben Stein. Phil, no, Philip Baker Hall. Oh, Philip Baker Hall. I really got to watch that hard eight with uh, uh, what's his name in it there. Uh, Step Brothers, help me out. Uh, bit b- 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 John C. Riley. That's the one. Yeah. An early, an early
1: role for John C. Riley. That the trailer that you played on uh, not to, not to deviate into the previous episodes that we're not listening to at the moment, but that trailer that you played uh, on your home shopping network a couple weeks ago that was that was a lot of fun. John C. Riley. where are the ghosts I love the guy in the corner there so the the poor guy that looks like he's been this is now hour 15 16 of work yeah uh and and he's he's not acting anymore this is background extra 101 where you just look miserable (laughs) because you've been there all day
2: yeah Right away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Ah, oh, Kurt Fuller, I love you. And there's you know reporters what that, there. Anyway, do you know what that looks like to me? What? The... It just occurred to me when he pushed him out the door. I think that's part of the courtroom. Set is the that stage. part of the courtroom? So, I was going to ask think, you with the wood paneling where, and stuff. that looks like where a jury would go. Oh, how funny. Yeah,
1: I, I wonder if... Yeah, okay, so... To be determined movie where they filmed that. I wonder if that's the jury deliberation uh, room from that. Well, we now we gotta figure it.
2: See, look, they got the this this is the functional building. Yeah, part. Uh, So here's your as part of the VA setup. And there's and we talked about this before. There's Lewis guiding them out. Uh, They're heading out into the but just past here, like we would have gotten outside, and there's Eugene Levy. But I I don't know. And isn't the gag with Eugene Levy is that
1: he gassed up the car while Lewis was trying to get them out of the hospital or something.
2: I don't I, remember that. I is. feel
1: like, I feel like Eugene Levy comes around and he's like, okay, she's all gassed up and ready to go. Like he's got some like stupid line. <laughs> Uh, okay, and this, so that, this right here is why I love Ghostbusters too. For the record, them pulling yeah. up to the museum looks like giant jello mold. This, especially as a kid, man, this was the greatest. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, it's a fair point.
2: I um, that jello mold stuff though. That's one of the instances of of the optical effects where I think CGI takes over better. Yeah, that looks yeah. good, but that can be recreated in a computer and put into a shot to look like it belongs there where in that case you're like that is quite obviously you know
1: <laughs> that's, that's an overlay over top
2: of yeah yeah. and don't get me wrong it works and it's great and it still holds up but it's like I, 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 I don't like when people go one way or the other oh it's gotta be all CGI because it's magic and other people are like CGI sucks it's gotta be practical I'm like middle ground guys <laughs> like we just have to admit middle ground where it yeah. works and each one works and doesn't work like look at this gating right like Oh, it's Look at so the detail yeah. that's an actual like, what is it bronze? That's scenic or whatever?
1: like the painting? Yeah, like whoever the scenic artist is that aged
2: all that bronze, it looks.
1: It, or, and also, I mean, while we're you, talking about the art department,
2: it's or it's in somebody's house. Like we still don't or it's have in somebody's to, house to be it could be uh, I
1: I want to shout out to uh, whoever in the art department or on set deck had to light all of those candles. And make sure, continuity-wise, that none of them burn down too low. Whoever had to swap out all those candles, God bless them.
2: My safety candles. They, they do, 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 burn do. slow. Uh, oh God, that shot of the four of them walking up to the
1: building, so good. There he is.
2: Oh, there he is. Okay, we saw him twice. Oh, the fireman. Uh, uh, from He's in the first movie. He's yeah. in deleted scenes where he t- actually talks to them, but I just realized that blurry, you can kind of see him in the background. Yeah, you can kind of see it's, him... I've seen every form of combustion known to man This, this sure beats, the, beats hell the hell out of, out me. Out of me Yeah, yeah that's, he's back for this one Which was a nice touch that they just couldn't keep Actually, it's yeah. quite sad Poor guy And also a, a real life uh, cop
1: In New York City, isn't he? Wasn't that the, he, he was yeah. a cop that turned to acting?
2: Uh, or X-Fire or something like that yeah. he's, uh, But he's a, he was a real deal
0: all right is everybody ready for new year's eve do you have your champagne
1: poured do you have your noisemakers ready do you have a skylight that you can break through and rappel down to at the exact (laughs) same time as the ghostbusters because it's coming up it's coming if you haven't poured the champagne now is your chance do it before higher and higher so that you are ready
2: yeah they got a short walk to
1: take here first but well yeah but yeah we'll we'll wait for you guys go ahead we'll we'll no we're not gonna stop everything down again <laughs> that's far too complicated oh man all those cobbles wet down oh. oh that must have been freezing oh yeah it had to have been a cold night cold night in new york city it's amazing that you don't see their breath more though uh,
2: well they cutting around it uh you know it could could be warmer than we imagine though all those lights and a lot of people that tends to microclimate some things a bit
1: how did the ghostbusters get to liberty island do you think that they took the uh the ecto ecto 3 or whatever the tugboat is that becomes the ecto 3
2: uh, uh, port authority i don't know <laughs>
1: it's, hey uh it's almost midnight on new year's eve uh let's catch the ferry i bet the ferry's gonna take us out there yeah would you raise your hands, please? Tink. Oh, hello, Miss. Dink it and sink it.
2: Now, as far as I know, no prop builders have managed to make working ones.
1: Oh, but uh, as we witnessed at the premiere event, I saw a couple of guys. I think they were from the Houston Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, guys. I'm if I'm misrepresenting you, but they had slime blowers that shot bubbles. And it was amazing.
2: Oh, that's true. It was so cool. I bet you you could do it with Silly String. That'd work. Yeah, Silly String would be good. The cleanup
1: would be horrible. (laughs) Uh, That that Walkman that we saw a couple seconds ago, um, not as expensive on eBay as the Walkman being used by Peter Quill in Guardians
2: of the Galaxy. I see that one all the time. Well, that one's got to be under heavy, heavy, uh, now we, uh, uh, boy, I guess it would have been between the last time we, we recorded a commentary, um, this replica that they're in and all that, the scale is off and the, for dramatic effect, the depth of the harbor is, is off. And <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, so, if you haven't listened to the previous commentary, uh, the, this shot that we're in right now of, of Liberty, uh, take, taking a walk, uh, Chris Stewart, right before we had done the commentary had done some, some arithmetic. He had done all of the measurements and trying to figure out how deep the Bay is and how tall Liberty is. And if her arm would be sticking out and, uh, <laughs> and, uh go, go back and listen to that. And also go check out the, uh, the illustration that you did it would only go was halfway really up her,
2: only halfway up. <laughs> now we determined this was the jumpsuit that was on sale for auction there, wasn't it? Uh, I think we did. I think we did. Because although of the, they they don't cut, ca- there's this is L.A. right?
1: Uh, no, I nope. oh, This particular one, I think, is Hook and Ladder.
2: I yeah, just CD realized it's,
1: number eight. Yeah, you see it that. has
2: a, gr- a graffiti on the wall outside. That's uh disappointing.
1: Yeah. And I think that's also why they, they shoot those HMI lights from the background. Cause they don't want you to see inside the, uh, the yeah. garage bay there because it looks so differently. I mean, they, they do that a couple of times in this movie where uh, in the end credits, when Rick Moranis goes back inside through the door, they cheat so that you can't see inside the bay door.
2: Trump yeah, I'm, I,
1: I'm really i'm hoping i mean firehouse 23 i'm hoping fire station 23 forgive me uh i'm really hoping that they they do it all up but we still have uh at least if we can walk through that bay and we can still get a sense of what it used to be and how it looks in the movies and what it used to be uh, historically and i just i hope i hope they are very cognizant of oh, there's trump how cool that building is
2: you know it occurs to me that uh that shot there outside uh, trump towers with the police barricades and the police and all the people is probably very reminiscent of what it looks like today <laughs> there
1: are, it is it's completely barricaded off Crunch. now that's right
2: that's right off uh columbus circle if i'm not mistaken that is a uh that was a beautiful replica car too to have to get crushed, actually. So I'm funny to go back story and look at it about
1: uh, where all of that was just taking place. That's uh, right around the corner from 55 Central Park West, by the way. Trump yes. Tower, Columbus Circle,
2: that's all right there by Central Park. All right Park. there. Yeah. Um, we determined at one point that this, um, that shot with the bus uh, where he comes running up and all that, uh, We that was one of the locations we were able to sort out in New York there. Uh, uh, and, and Oh, sorry, go and, ahead. As he runs across the street, you can see the the bus in the background not being used. It's just yeah. they parked at a block away, <laughs> and you can see it waiting for its turn
1: <laughs> waiting for its cue. uh here we go, oh, oh, okay, everybody ready no no, 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 sorry no, 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 this is not it. this is not this the, is not it no no no, no no, the singing it's, is winning it, it's after uh so so midnight is gonna be occurring. Right after, uh, you should be living that sweet life in Southern California's beautiful San Fernando Valley. San Fernando. That's that's our countdown.
2: So we, we got some time. are four minutes away, roughly. Yeah, we're getting close, getting close Last to 30, New Year's, everybody. What did you say? 135, 27 uh, in
1: three seconds. Yeah, yeah. Go. <laughs> he, he says happy new year here, but it's not New Year's yet.
2: Whoops. And that would have been a photo from that uh, 3D attempt they made, I guess. Right. Yeah. Cuz they had a lot of references being missing
1: there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Cuz if I, I recall, did, did they Etchinson touched up a photo or did he paint it? If I
1: recall correctly, he painted over a photo. So they had taken yeah. a photo and then he did a paint over, which was really kind of like Frank F- uh, Frazetta looking. Like he really leaned into it and made it really gothic looking and, and yeah, kind of like dark his, and his spooky. His
2: outfit and all that is, looks very, very painted, but the rendering of the face is very you know, true to the yeah. the actor. Which it had to be because you know he was going to.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you were going to see like a one to one of the painting of the actor, the painting, the actor. You were going to see that, but they kind of.
2: What I'm confused by here is they're not standing anywhere near here. But Vigo decided, okay, distract them and grab her. It's like he could have just (laughs) grabbed her. They weren't anywhere near. Yeah, yeah. What what was Vigo's plan there? I
1: don't know. I don't know. They had to set up this great scene between Peter and Oscar in the footy pajamas that I cannot find anywhere, damn it.
2: I just want to cuddle that baby. Look at that yeah. baby duck yellow fleece All right. he's in. So he's out of the painting.
1: I, I love how they did the sort of uh, like double exposure uh, catching up to it, just to kind yeah. of say that he's not completely fully formed. Uh, again, this would be something in CG that they would have made him maybe transparent or put a glow around them or whatever, but just, just that little photography trick to make it.
2: I've tried to replicate different. it in like premiere and all that a couple of times, like layering frames, you know, semi-transparent and all that. And it's, I, I think it's, it's tricky. I still yeah. never got anywhere close what they did. So it's a nice, it's a, it's a nice little bit of uh trickery.
1: All right, everybody grab those, uh, grab those party favors, grab that champagne. We're getting close getting close to new year's uh get get that person near you that you're gonna kiss chris uh i guess it's just you and me pal i don't all right buck (laughs) her (laughs) up oh here we go I wish, I wish that I could count down. In a, in a different world, we had more technology where I had a time, uh, time code burn in here and I could be counting down, but.
2: <laughs> All right, raise All right, those guys. glasses. Lay on the floor and pretend you can't
1: move. <laughs> oh, easy. Oh, wait, but we have to wear the packs? Yeah. Bonehead. All right, everybody here on the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossFit, we are about to say goodbye to 2018 and hello to 2019, and we're all going to do it together. 35th anniversary, here we come. 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters,
2: oh boy, 2019. 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters 2, the movie we're watching. Uh, Okay.
1: Now we become one. There we go. There it is. Uh
2: ten nine eight five seven six Happy New Year!
1: 7. Happy New Year. Everybody's already singing. We missed
2: it. Whatever. And Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year, everybody. Gandalf. Not Eric Idol. Gandalf the Gray. Yeah, not Eric Idol. Yeah, everybody in New York City there. The, the, the extras that gathered to celebrate New Year's, not on New Year's. Well, uh, we're, we're all here on New Year's, and that's pretty cool. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy 2019. Thanks for spending uh, the evening with us. Or if you listen to this after New Year's, thanks for not spending the evening with us. You had something better to do? <laughs> Wait
2: a minute, you like you're going to stop watching the movie? Well, no, you no. Be.
1: I got nowhere to go.
2: <laughs> <What> <laughs> is, it's, to... it's midnight. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to bed. That outside shot uh, again. See, that's not optical. Uh, Is it well, this
1: this weird? So you've got like a uh, the a pinch tank distortion, They're doing the tank in the background. So that's one shot. Yeah. They're doing their the Douglas Trumbull clouds. You know, he loved to put inks and stuff into uh, water tanks and film them. So that's what that was. And then him in front, that's, that's optical. Yeah, that's all optical.
2: No, they but that positively... pinching that was happening on his face. Oh, the pinching. Yeah, I don't... I maybe think that was I digital. think that's crude digital. But that should say somewhere in the credits. We'll have to go back and check. Actually, you have to go... Maybe it's in Cinefix. Yeah, maybe. Have to go reread Cinefix on that one.
1: I mean, they, they could have done the distortion optically too but you're right okay so when his his cheeks kind of pinch in there that might have been
2: I mean, this I all here is optical them shooting Vigo's face is all optical 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 there's that brief shot where Peter turns away from the flash you can see the uh, the timing light in the, the end tube there <laughs> oh can you really that do you think that's a match shot by the way the wide shot
1: this, the, yeah, you know, with of the... all of the it has to be with all of it the slime uh, ascending into the heavens there. And yeah. it
2: looks, it looks really it. Well, it's reminiscent of the 55 Central Park West one from the first movie. It just it has a ha- feel yeah. of a matte shot.
1: It has to be a matte shot. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, maybe what they did is they took a practical photo and they did a little paint over onto that. A uh, little little matte shot spread out, shorty.
2: Okay, that looks like uh, what do they call it? The Translite city outside the windows there. Yeah, the psych, the Translite, Uh That's totally translate. That, yeah. So this yeah. again, so this that kind of It's the suggestion that it's on a soundstage. That I, yeah.
1: Right, right behind uh, Winston and Ray. That's that's definitely a backdrop. That's. But then again, like, where are those exterior windows supposed to be? Is that the front of the building? Yeah. know the geography yeah. here is all.
2: <laughs> we got to map it out. Yeah. Grab a pen and p- paper. Here we go. Uh, shout out to Janos Poha,
1: who now runs a summer camp for privileged kids and is writing a Thanksgiving musical. Uh, good, <laughs> good for him. I, I mean, I'm I'm really anxious in 2019 to read the Sanctum of Slime uh, one shot. I wonder if Janos is, is involved somehow because he was he factored heavily into that game, and that's what I kind of loved about that.
2: I'm kind that of excited that uh, Tom Waltz uh, dropped a hint that. Uh, We saw the uh, the the dramatis personae front page of the issue and um, the old Ghostbusters, yeah, both both old as in old original and old as in you know they're older, but they're very they're very much Pete Venkman in you know uh, button up with,
1: uh, yeah, Ghostbusters uh, International armless vest and all that yeah, ah that's such a great shot, for for Harold and Dan's writing credit that's such a great shot.
2: Like, nothing about that says normal apartment. Like, <laughs> he doesn't even have, like, a dining yeah, room I mean, or a kitchen table. It's just he's got a countertop and a fridge.
1: Frankly, nothing about Peter Vankman reads as normal person, though, either. I don't know. So uh, that shot of Harold Ramis that we just saw, okay, was is that from the deleted scene? Yeah, this, this is okay. L.A. No, no, this is uh, Moranis walking into the, the building. That's that's, that's the totally. Oh, yeah, just yeah, look in the back there. That's, okay, that, uh, that right eight. there. That's
2: yeah. outside Park View.
1: Oh, that, yeah, of uh, of Ernie putting the, the shoulder pad, the pad on. That's inside LA. Yep. I wonder how many, uh, all you of mean, these shots, not these Dr. are from scenes. Yeah, these are all from scenes that were, were cut from the film. I mean...
2: Which is fine. It's actually really. It's. I mean, it's nice. It's lovely. It's. uh, I just. It's a. It's a classic touch. Movies don't often do. And Robin Shelby, come on, let's be honest here. Yeah.
1: The, I mean, uh, point in case of the phenomenon that was uh, the real Ghostbusters and Slimer's appeal, that Slimer gets a credit in the above the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Magic. I know that you're a key, and, and Michael Chapman, you're the best director of photography that Ivan uh, Reitman has ever worked with, but Slimer's going to get credit above you. I'm, it's just, just, it is what it is. Key to the city key to the city. Again, there was dialogue and stuff in here that they filmed. Slimer was supposed to come out from behind the statue of Liberty, but I think they did away with that, uh, because they thought it was too reminiscent of the first film, but it's also a great, it's just a great end establishing shot of New York city and the
2: yep. world trade the Center still there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Aerial
1: photography, yeah. not a drone. And the days no. prior to drone, they were actually filming this with a helicopter. Well there it was. Ghostbusters 2 for the second time. I can beat bucks. I can totally. I beat feel box. I <laughs> feel confident, Chris. I feel like this was a whole lot better than our first go round. You think at so? Ghostbusters 2? Yeah. I've certainly
2: had 100% more wine
1: than I had last time, so that may <laughs> helped. You and I both. Well, it is New Year's, uh, you That's know, it's true. the f- first day of 2019. Wink. Dylan Gross. Hey, Dylan Gross. Speaking of Dylan Gross, uh, up there, if if you're probably just now missing him as the camera loader, that's Michael Gross's uh, son and is now an aerial photographer. Funny enough. Really. Tie it all together. Yeah, we did a we did an interview with him back on Ghostbusters HQ. Oh man, uh, in the late '90s, right when he had started doing uh, aerial photography, and do you think Les Kovacs is uh,
2: related? Oh, has to be. Yeah. How many Kovacs can there be? Right. Uh, I like the, the guys so, who get, I like the guys who get the quote names, mad dog, lucky <laughs> mad dog. Oh, well,
1: especially it's always the grips. It's always the grips and yep. the, those guys, the transpo guys. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyway, so uh, Dylan, uh, gross, uh, Dylan Goss, I believe he goes by now. Um, he, uh, Avengers. I mean, he, he does a whole lot of high profile stuff. Uh, very, very cool. Gary Rydstrom, who did the special sound effects. You'll recognize his name. He's one of the key guys over at Skywalker sound. Now he's, Oh my God! Won Oscars upon Oscars for Jurassic Park and Star Wars, and I mean the pedigree of this movie, man. There were so many people that worked on this that now are doing everything that you know and love, or everything that you know and you're yelling about on Twitter at the
2: current moment. I'm just amused, uh, in a elementary sort of school sort of way, by a guy named Dick Johnson. But that's just me. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> DGA. I
1: wonder what happened to the DGA trainee Susan Fellows. A lot of the DGA trainees become assistant directors. There, I like watching what happens to those guys. All right, so here we go. We're in ILMs. At least I'm in ILM. Hopefully, we're all in ILM together.
0: Effects
2: photography. Uh, we're looking effects, for cameraman. Anything digital or computer. Model oriented. shop. Chief effects. Stage manager. Matt. Optical operations. Yeah, VFX optical camera, lineup, Supervising stage. VFX coordinators. Is, the other thing is, this is so early, would it just fall under some other you effects th- titler? Th- right? I mean,
1: maybe one of the animators w- could Rotoscoper, have been a digital animator.
2: Matte photography, matte artist.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, your matte photographer, that was shop, probably what we saw the projects, last shot there of the-
2: Molds, plastics, costume, yeah. finish, yeah, and... no. <laughs>
1: bathtub trainer and Wrangler. That's my favorite. And River Rats. Mm. I love River Rats as credits.
2: Assistant effects, optical, negative cutter, concept artists. Yeah, Nope. Yeah, not in there. But plus 200, plus 200 other, other artists, artists and technicians, and technicians at so. Well, that. Oh, they- hey, Apogee, Apogee.
1: Apogee. There we go. Yeah, Apogee was one of the first computer uh, effects houses. So it, it's quite possible that that
2: that one shot, one or two shots in there, might have been. I think I'd put my money on the pinching and when his face kind of bulges out. That's where I would have. Uh, yeah. I think I can't think of too many other places where they.
1: Well, the bulge, the, that one face bulge, that reminds me of the the shot in Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, above uh, Nancy's bed, where it's like it. It was such a weird theatrical thing to do, but I I feel like. They did that. It's like that that uh, neoprene or spandex, whatever that fabric is that they actually just pushed in.
2: And well, no. But the thing is, is, it's literally just around his face. It's nearly impossible. Like, if you push <sighs> on neoprene, the whole thing Why bulges doesn't it bubble? forward. Yeah. Whereas it, it just bubbles around the head. So I, my money's on that. And my money's not on it. I'm just going to tell you I'm right. <laughs> All right. If somebody wants to prove me wrong, prove me I'll wrong. I'll accept for the moment, that you're right. Yeah. Thank you very much.
1: Uh, well, hey, we're we're coming to a close here. We're seeing the cast of, of Ghostbusters 2 now. So that means that our commentary is also coming to an end. Um, and uh, this, uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It is the final podcast of 2018 and the yep. first podcast of 2019, Chris. This is... Oh, uh, no, that's right. It does... It's kind of nice. I think this is the first time that we've ever really been able to actually do this. Where we oh, there's Walt Flanagan, by the way, Walter Flanagan, Walter Flanagan, not to be confused. Um, But uh, yeah, it's kind of nice to be able to do this. I'm the fortuitous timing of us dropping an episode on New Year's Eve. uh, That worked out really well. But uh, stunts were into Danny the Third. uh, He does. Oh man, he does so many. And then let's see if uh, Zyker is in here.
2: No, he's not. Is there he were, related there... though, Danny ALO the third? He
1: is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, long long line of uh, ILOs. ILOs, Aels, IELs. Color by oh, Deluxe.
2: Spectral recording, Dolby Stereo, and select theaters.
1: Uh, well, that's uh, that's all she wrote based on characters created by Dan Eckerd and Harold Ramis. I never realized that they got that credit at the end of Ghostbusters 2. How many times have I watched this movie? And that's the last thing you see. I had not realized that. Also, I I will say this little segment of score here just screams, I want this score. I want this score so bad. Yeah.
2: Well, Edelman deserves that it gets released at some point.
1: Or at least if, if the whole score isn't out there, just a few tracks.
2: But, uh, well, the very Saraband put out a thousand, two thousand of the Bernstein score. Like, hey, like my, monetary wise, you can apparently do super low runs of CDs.
1: I think that the issue, and and what I'm understanding is that everybody keeps saying that they don't think that the
2: music exists, and those recordings have to exist somewhere. They have there's to there's somewhere. No way. Well, especially when they did like, you know new mixes and stuff like that for the blu-rays
1: like yeah you've got music tracks you have split tracks that you're using for the dolby atmos uh anyway the movie's long over and we're still talking that's the cross
2: <laughs> cross rip way here that's the cross rip promise the cross rip guarantee 2019 uh, yeah, yeah. same old babbling as 2018 <laughs> Uh, if they're smart, they've turned us off by now.
1: I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> start start out your New Year's resolution by turning off uh, 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 turning off us to gibbering idiots. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the
2: professionals.
1: Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again.
2: We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our call in line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. do? And Twitter accounts. Oh, this is
0: dead. No kidding. Just.
2: Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Proscript. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to
0: get back close again. What the hell are you doing?
2: If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC.
1: That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. <laughs> Well, let's, let's do this since we're still recording uh, and mm. the commentary is, is far from over. Uh, you, you have final slash first thoughts for 2019, Chris? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. I What's I this mean, nonsense? I figured we were done when the movie was over, but we're still going, so let's, let's so. put it to a proper close here.
2: Uh, no real final thoughts other than this is it. Uh, it's kind of insane. <sighs> this is the year that also proves my... Uh, how old I was when I saw the movie 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters I'm 46 means I saw it when I was 11 which is exactly what it was uh, yeah I can't I guess my final thought is I certainly never I'm always <laughs> amazed that I make it to this point going how long have I been interested in this movie and it's 30 just, plus years what Yeah, yeah. 30, 35 35 years or, uh, or
1: that you've been on a podcast now that we're going into this is our 5th year 5th Year
2: That's of insane all on its own, too. Yeah. Uh, the, Although, the amount of
1: hours that we've spent talking about Ghostbusters just on this podcast alone, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm astounded by. Uh, hopefully we're not boring people yet. I, I'm certainly not bored. Uh, it's a different, <laughs> again, th- speaking of things that you didn't anticipate 30, 35 years later, uh, talking about
2: Ghostbusters and like, oh, I've got kids now. This is weird. It's weird. You didn't have a child when we started, and I just barely had a child when we started. Yeah. Um, and... For those who tuned into the home shopping we, you heard you uh, heard little thomas at the end is yeah. not so little thomas as know. the case may be um oh, final thoughts I well if nothing else coming out of the, this commentary this is the second time we've done it and i'm pretty sure you and i a commented on all uh, largely different things and b walked I walked away with a list of things I got to go double check now. And every many times time I've seen this every this time. movie, right? Yeah. As it is, we've never discussed this use of CG in this.
0: <laughs> never.
1: No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like any good movie and I think I've brought that up about the original movie too is that every time I watch it, if it's on a big screen, small screen with a group of people, with my yep. you know, while I'm watching it by myself on an airplane, um, I always see something different in all of these movies yeah, but,
2: but it's it's because we keep re-watching it and when we discover one new thing it helps reveal other new things so the the removed footage that was released you know, in the last couple of years or whatever of the fire commissioner from the first movie coming back in the second movie but they had to cut him out, never realized he was there but now that yeah. I know he's there I'm now watching the shot and I'm like there yeah. he is in the background he's blurry but that's him uh, things like paying that Paying
1: attention to the set decorations in uh, peter vankman's apartment never yeah, really occurred to me well, until this particular
2: one i'm there. not going to bed until i find out what the the courtroom <laughs> is we know because again that bit where the 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 war room with the mayor i i bet you're right i bet I you're right. A, i'm gonna have to I go through, through my call sheets
1: because i've got ghostbusters 2 call sheets i'll, I'll double check that but um but uh yeah i mean that's uh, that is the beauty of these movies these movies that we know and we love and we cherish and uh, obviously a lot of people out there are passionate about them uh as as much or more so than we are that you know you're talking about them you're poring over every detail you're cosplaying yeah. you're uh and and that's the good movies do that the good movies keep you coming back and they keep you interested in them even if you have seen keep god me I, I can't
2: even hang on I <laughs> can I can't,
1: you I can't count You don't really love me. What? Kim Wilde? What
2: happened? I guess so um <laughs>
1: but uh but yeah and and certainly coming into uh 2019 we've got a lot we're gonna be talking about the the movies that we know and we love and probably some new stuff i mean with the uh, fan Fest coming around the corner uh i'm yeah. anxiously awaiting uh all of the great interviews and things that we're gonna be able to do with that and uh whatever products and announcements are to be made we're gonna have interviews for
2: those and yeah um, <laughs> I, I i don't often get to to talk to him, but the couple of times here in the last half of 2018 that I actually spoke directly to Eric Reich, he just giggles. It's uh, really yeah. disturbing. We, it's it's, like, we're like, it, so Eric, anything <laughs> you can tell us about for 2019? And then he just giggles for five minutes.
1: Eric Eric has turned into, and I mean this with the most respect uh, possible because I admire and respect Eric to no ends but he's turned into the Kristen Wiig character from SNL where he's just <laughs> sitting on his hands and rocking back and forth going, Oh my oh God. My. <laughs> he, he knows that whatever they're going to be dropping on us is going to be huge. But, uh, hey, so anyway, yeah. so 20, again, what I'm saying, uh, happy 2019, everybody, it's going to be one hell of a ride. And we're glad that you guys are here with us uh, for it. So, um, all right. Well, uh, Chris, let's bring this to an end before, before we keep going. Find another reason. I, to I keep know talking. We, yeah. we have the ability in us. Uh, as the as irony is, Steel uh, called out at one point too last year.
2: The, the irony is, is uh, we re, we retor- recorded uh, uh, an hour and a half long commentary for a movie, and we're still ending earlier than we normally do <laughs> for our weekly podcast. This is quite quite true, but we planned. We did yes, plan we for did. that,
1: but. Uh, but anyway, happy new year, everybody happy 2019, uh, happy returns, uh, prosperous, joyous new year to all of you and your family and your loved ones and your friends. And, uh, we, we certainly count you among our family and our friends, uh, all of our listeners, we love you guys. So, uh, wel- welcome to 2019. Welcome to year five of Ghostbusters, interdimensional cross rip podcasting. And until next week. Uh, for a proper first episode to kick off the uh, the new year, we'll see you all on the other side.
0: Who you call?
1: Thanks for joining the Who Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross-Rip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, uh, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net.
0: It used to be one of my two favorite
1: shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd
2: like to get a sample of your brain tissue. <laughs> next week though careless cats we